it's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, 5-Hour Energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Dave and David, Dave Stevens, David Sterling, I'm Tony Pervernanzi. We are coming to you today from Lupulin Brewing Company in uh, Big Lake, which is a little bit uh, out of the metro area for us. Yeah. I mean, we usually don't come this far out. Uh, yeah. Right. Your and house we, is a perfect. Yeah. It's right by my house, so it's not too bad. We have a special guest, Ben, who is the, you're a, uh, brew, are you brewmaster? I am the head production brewer. Okay, head so, production brewer. So what does that entail? So that entails uh, anything that we do on our 30-barrel system from planning and development to final packaging and distribution. So okay. everything, it entails everything. Okay. But we're still small enough yet where um, we still wear a lot of hats. So that's that's kind of a global label, I guess you'd call it. Okay, cool. So we're, of course, drinking some beers here. Um, I have the uh, Fun Pants. Yes. Which is the is a blonde ale, right? Yeah, it's a uh, session style blonde ale. Something we wanted just to do um, a light, refreshing beer. Mm-hmm. Something people you can just kind of jam on all day. Um, it's really like a cabin beer, more or less. Something you just have a couple couple pints of all day and, and kind of work around. Um, something we really wanted to. Something we thought in the market up here, especially, was sort of lacking. Yeah, the market. I mean talk about the market up here you're kind of in a small town right and i know for a fact that you know people in these areas they don't want to drink the a lot of the ipas or what they like just the regular drinkable beers they like beer that tastes like beer yeah uh, exactly. so i think it's kind of the thing uh, we have a we have a pretty big proponent of the bush light crowd mm-hmm. uh, in this <laughs> in our oh, yeah. market so a lot of what we do is is not only kind of keeping ahead of the times on like just you know the, the rest of the craft beer development, so the, the hazy IPAs, pastry stouts, this that, sour IPAs, fruited IPAs, um, but we also want to kind of you know still contribute to our market and kind of maybe uh, grow their palates a little bit. Sure. So having something that's still craft but uh, still is kind of approachable. Okay. And, it, and I noticed you also have the Dortmunder, which is just a basic Pilsner, which yeah, I yeah, would suspect a lot of people yeah, would Yeah, Dortmund probably. Lager is really approachable. Uh, we have actually, um, 
we have two other pilsners on right now, uh, and we're gonna have a black lager coming on. So it's sort of, um, yeah, we have, we're we're trying to keep in that kind of crushable area between like four to five percent. Yeah, light cool. light body. Then, yeah, looking at the the beer list, it's quite large actually. Yes. And is, is that are there uh, how many of those are on the menu say year round? Um, or do you rotate quite a year, bit? We rotate a lot. I think we probably have like five or six beers that are our our mainstays. Okay. Um, so Java Ties is one. Fun Pants is going to be one. We're gonna okay. keep that around for a long time. Fruit Smack is a re- revolving series, uh, which you have um, that one. We kind of. Uh, we started it, and we're like, well, we want to do a fruited IPA. Um, so we, that one we started with uh, raspberry the first time. I don't know if you guys got any of that, but um, this one's a Alfonso Mango fruited IPA. Um, so that one we're going to have on as much as we can, um, just trying to keep up with it. Um, as with anything, having a large beer menu uh, requires a lot of planning and foresight. Yeah. Uh, still staying on top of your core brands, so Hoobie, Blissful, Javatized, um, brands that we're going to keep around forever and then also having enough diversity to keep it interesting yeah and so of course you can find your beers in stores because i have purchased your beers in stores absolutely uh, which is awesome uh because i know a lot of people can't get all the way up here so having the stores down there is kind of a nice little thing yeah yeah uh especially uh we've signed um some deals some deals with some distributors so we're uh, with jj taylor for the south metro okay um we just signed that. I think that just went into action uh, beginning of last month. Um, so we'll, we'll be uh, hitting a lot more retail down down in the South Metro. Awesome. Uh, we have a couple other partners that are in the surrounding area, uh, in, up into the Dakotas, and then all the way to Fargo. Wow. Um, so we'll, we'll have cans uh, available in liquor stores. Uh, we're going to be on a lot more draft lines, hopefully. Um, we have a couple new uh, new brands that we're launching with with that kind of uh, intention in mind is get more draft lines, but we're also gonna have some more um, uh, can only releases. Well, we'll have some we'll have some draft here basically, but everything else in the can drops, mm-hmm. uh, and that'll be nationwide. Awesome. So we're, we're guys we'll also are, be landing just about everywhere. You guys are you guys are rocking it right now? I tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been a, a journey for so, sure. And you mentioned, I think you mentioned earlier, uh, you were you've been here here for about two years. Yeah. But how how long has the brewery itself been? Did I? So uh, the brewery opened in 2015. Okay. Uh, May of 2015 was was when the brewery launched. Um, Four years. And that was yeah, it's been intense growth. Yeah, I'd growth say. phase. So we we went from uh, brewing in a garage to the 10 barrel system that you can see uh, now we have a 30 barrel brew house um, four vessel well three vessel but there's a kind of a caveat to it but anyway yeah it's the growth has been insane uh, we none of us well Matt will say that he he anticipated the growth but none of us really thought we'd be where we are right sure, now sure. Uh, we'll be clipping probably around 8,000 barrels this year um, somewhere in that realm uh, depending on how everything goes that's um, uh, a growth on 3,200 last year. Wow. So, yeah, it's, so you guys, do you guys worry about the same thing that Castle Danger is dealing with? Um, to a much lower extent. Um, and Castle Danger, I, I think they're less worried about it than they actually, you know, like laid on because a lot of their distribution and sales is what drives yes, yes. drives them to continue to grow. So they're not really worried about it. It does, it will hurt their bottom line because obviously the, um, the growlers are 
I mean, you, the, the margin on it is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you make a lot more money on growlers. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how it lands. Um, yeah, definitely something that we're all we're all thinking about. Yeah. Now. I was I was a little bit uh, when it started coming about about Castle Danger. I thought, well, it's not that bad because people just can't get growlers. But I think about the people who live up there, and right. they go to the brewery every week to get right. their growler of whatever for the weekend, and now they can't get it. Anymore. Right? Was that growler too, or that's, I think it's everything. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's everything. You, it limits what you can distribute from your uh, the tap. Room. The tap. Room. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Minnesota's got some weird laws with the 750 and the 64. So it's yeah already limiting mm-hmm. on what we can do and that's something that we're we're working with the the guild on um, and we're trying to get the brewers association too to kind of help us out and get some laws changed yes. um, to help us do that i mean you can look at other markets like colorado like you can sell whatever you want out of your tap room yeah and there's still liquor stores mm-hmm. that do just fine right. in those areas so i think i think it's uh, some lobbyists and some lobbying that's going on that we need to uh, have better communication with and say we're not going to hurt your bottom line we just want to have the availability mm-hmm. for our locals like I mean yeah. they don't want to have to go and see a markup somewhere sure uh, and they want to support their local business sure you know? so it's I mean we're never going to be selling Jameson or no. you know like, <laughs> <laughs> of course not liquor stores are still going to have a place and I mean mm-hmm. we're not going to sell Bud Light to anyone so yeah. I mean it's we're not going to necessarily be hurting their bottom line all that much but it would it would give us a lot more flexibility yeah yeah. Um, well, Ben, thanks for coming, uh, hanging out with us. Ben's going to stick around yeah. throughout the podcast as much as he wants to. And oh, absolutely. We're going to chat about the loons. we got some other things we're going to talk about. Um, so we should get into it, boys. We have... Oh, what? Dave hasn't gotten to talk about his beer. Oh, Dave hasn't gotten to well, talk about I, it. Well, Ben mentioned it. I'm have, I am having the Java ties. It's, uh, it's the coffee stout. And I figured since as we record this, it's still before noon. After oh, a long night, so sure. I figured it was perfect sure, combination sure, sure, of little sure. coffee and beer. Is there any specific coffee you use for this? Or? Yeah, so we use um, Paradise Roasters in Minneapolis okay. um, exclusively, and we worked with them on, on getting the right roast. Um, a lot of coffee beers can throw um, like a really gnarly green pepper uh, aroma and flavor that we really tried to avoid. Hmm. Um, so we worked with them closely on getting on trying a bunch of their different roasts and dialing that in. Um, so it's, it's a really smooth drinking. That's exactly, exactly the word I'd use. coffee, flavor, yeah. aroma. And, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of green pepper, so I'm glad you guys, guys were able to avoid that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no it's, it is smooth. That was the one word I would use, too. Excellent. So. Yeah, it's got a lot of punch, so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with it. David, and I would like to just say, as Ben mentioned, I have the, uh, the, the Fruit Smack mango. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I've really gotten into these... IPA fruit IPAs. Yeah. Uh, what hops do you use in this? Uh, so in that one, we use uh, we use. Well, I think it's not not Denali anymore. It's 06277, and that's also changing. Um, they're they're going to release a new brand name for it pretty soon. So we use Denali because we kind of wanted that pineapple to kind of complement yep. the mango. Jeez, um, oh that was wild. I'm trying to remember what we put in that one. Uh, we have Amarillo. Oh, we have what's the other one? Oh, uh, Hollertown and Marine Bavaria. Cool. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's very good. I mean, yeah, it's it's not necessarily the sexy, you know, like citron mosaic, whatever. Right. But yeah. It's, we wanted to do more than just like have sexy hops in it. We wanted to really play off of the mango and have that be the the center, the focus yeah. of the of the IPA. So yeah, it's very good. Excellent. Yeah. 
All right, so now let's talk about yeah. some games. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Before we can talk about those games, I just want to say, uh, David, you were at the game last night. I was. Uh, Dave and I were at the Monticello Lions Brew Fest. Um, Along, Luplin was there representing. Luplin was there yeah. representing. There's a lot of other breweries that we've been to who are there. Um, so we're a little, uh, we're not feeling 100% today, but we're going to muscle through this whole thing. Um, yeah. We had, uh, let's, let's talk about the Portland game first. Yes, Be- U.S. Open. U.S. Open yep. Cup, because that was a huge game. All three of us were there. Uh, we went into that game thinking, you know, if we win this one, we're going to Atlanta. Right, yeah, for the final. We for knew final. that. We had known that. Yes, we had known that. Atlanta yeah. beating um, Orlando the night before. And it was a, it was a tough fought game. Well, and I don't know about you you guys, but I mean, going into that, into you know, was, the game was on Wednesday. It followed. We should mention, of course, it followed the the Portland game on Sunday at all. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where it was a one zero kind of hard fought win, and so I mean, going into the Open Cup semifinal against Portland, I kind of looked at it like a coin flip. I you knew that Portland was going to put out a strong side, as yeah. did Minnesota. So. I, you know, I, I wouldn't call it nervous, but I, I knew it was going to be kind of a, a tough, tough game. Yeah, and it, I, I piggyback that. You know, it was it was one of those things where you could tell the league match they were just kind of feeling each other out. They didn't want to show any yeah. show their hand at all. It was very boring and just kind of. I don't know. It was it was just a yeah, it was I mean, a poker match. It was a, yeah, yeah it was and a, it, that one ended one zero. Yeah, so, and was, so yeah, we had no idea of what was going to happen. We just knew both teams want to get to where they're going. Yes, and that's Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a strong squad, yeah, and it's going to be an interesting one. I thought it was going to be a higher scoring match. Perfectly honest, but yeah, they're going to open it up a little more. I thought they were going to open up a little bit more too. Um, but we were there. We of course were yelling and screaming the whole. Damn match! Yes, um, we were right behind the players. Right behind the players, we were that actually was pretty cool. We were actually on a, a photo. Uh, yes. Pluribus Lunum had us watching the game during some action moment. And it, I wasn't watching; I was talking. Yes, yeah, you were talking. Yeah, and Tony, you and I were <laughs> actually watching no, I think, the game. To be yeah. fair, I think I was explaining the finer points of yes, soccer sir. to your friends. Is now, what was happening the, the funny in that. thing is, what I brought up was the fact that this isn't the first time Dave's been on a photo and he doesn't look like he's interested. Back when we were at the University of Minnesota, we used to go to University of Minnesota football games. And they took a picture for their next season tickets, and it was a picture of our row. And Dave is eating nachos. We're all cheering, and Dave's eating. Nacho. Everybody's standing up, just going crazy. I'm sitting down here eating my nacho, and yeah, that because we were in the uh, I, I want to say supporter section, the student section, student section, yeah. priorities, uh, man. fourth row. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that that flyer went out to like every uh, student in the at the U, I think. So yeah. that was, was great. I just remember seeing. It. I I probably still have that somewhere, but uh, should bring it out. But yeah, anyway, so. Great seats to that game, and and it, um, I don't know. I it, it started out fine. I I don't know if I could get into the finer points of, of the attack, but it, at least early on, I mean, we should start with a goal. Yeah, it was a Darwin Quintero. Darwin, another yep. penalty kick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this one he did convert in the twenty second minute, and it was. It w- I don't think Portland could argue it was a handball in the box, if you're Yeah, remember, it was a handball. Well, you know, and I've seen a lot of people argue it wasn't. Okay. You well, yeah, because he did the, this the Superman, right? Yeah, and it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're going to make yourself bigger, yeah, it's going to be a PK. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of people were trying to argue that, well, think about it. He's got a ball coming at his face. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, if you stick your arm up, you're making yourself bigger, mm-hmm. you're going to get a PK. Yep. It doesn't, uh, or it, at least a handball. Handball, yeah. Uh, yeah it, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's going to be a... Yeah. I can see why anybody, may, especially on Portland, would want to argue that goal because it is a tough one because you, you can't necessarily say... I, don't, I mean, it's, the 
per rules, it was correct. It was a correct call, yeah. I believe. But yeah. it is a tough one to say because it's not like I don't think you could say that his actions prevented a goal in that particular case. And remember, we have oh right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a That's little a hard. Yeah. And remember, we have no VAR. In the U.S. Open Cup, yes. right. So as it, soon as they call, as soon it. as they call it, that's it is what it is, right? You know, yeah, it, you know, it was the right call, and I should I should point out everyone that was upset about that call were Portland. I would imagine. Of I don't I can think I saw anyone that yeah. wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, right call for sure. Yeah. And you know, I think one thing drag us back to seventeen and eighteen. That's something that we never got the benefit of. Yeah. Ever. No. It seemed. And this year it's been very different. Mm-hmm. We're actually starting to see the benefit of referees maybe liking us. For I once. think they actually do <laughs> like know. us now. Yeah. Except we are still, I think, the least fouled against team. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise but, me. It's just because we're so nice. Well, no, <laughs> we've actually talked about this on this podcast before. Darwin is the worst because where most guys would kind of, he'd get tripped and he'd fall down and get the foul, right. Darwin just keeps going. Right. You know, he, he kind of does he his thing. He doesn't like falling down. He doesn't like falling down. Um, I like that. I like. I think that's kind of brings it back to the roots of the game. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it's gotten really far away from where it used to be, and all the mm-hmm. flopping and diving. Yep. And getting constantly made fun of for being a soccer player. Oh well, yeah, you guys do all that diving stuff. <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah, especially well. in MLS, I think it's. Yeah, I agree totally. So we go up. We go up one nil. Uh, we're excited. I mean, we, the, the crowd is rocking. Now they opened up the upper deck for this game. Yeah, and, and it, I was a little worried. I was to be too. Honest. Because you know it's it's a U.S. Open Cup. Most American soccer fans don't understand these these uh, Federation Cups. Yeah. And it, you know, obviously, it showed uh, the previous game yep. where they didn't even open the top, and I don't even think they sold out the lower. I thought it, I thought it was if they didn't sell it out, it's very close. Because I think the attendance for the quarterfinal against New Mexico was right about twelve thousand. Yeah. I thought I heard, which would have been most of the lower bowl. Yeah. And so, I mean, even the atmosphere in that game felt pretty good, but this just brought it to another level, and which yeah, it should for a semifinal at your home mm-hmm. stadium. It was it was pretty good, and it wasn't a sellout, we should say. Yeah, but, it wasn't. But it, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was. The Wonder Wall was uh, in full force. Yeah, we were right by the Wonder Wall, and we were cheering. They were cheering. It was. I think that's when you, if you're not sitting in the Wonder Wall, yeah. if, the closer you are to it, I think it just brings yeah. that much more yeah. out of the excitement exactly. of the game because you're feeling that whole right. energy, the whole. The whole game, they don't stop, and it's, it's exactly. Yeah. So then, and then of course they come back and score a goal. Yeah, in stop, in stop, stop time, time of the first uh, half. The first half. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was one of those things where you think if we can get out of the half at one mm-hmm. zero, we always kind of have that weird, sketchy second half start where yeah. you never know what the hell's going to happen. And then of course they managed to get a goal back. I, I was really worried at that point. I think we were all kind of, we were so up, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, of course, shit. Yeah. And because, of course, it happened, speaking of the Wonderwall, the goal happened right in front of the Wonderwall. Yes. Yes. People were screaming bloody murder for offsides. Which it was close. It was close. But it wasn't. I, it wasn't as close. I mean, at, at the time, I had just assumed that it was offsides, and they had every right to be angry. But then watching the reviews, okay. It, yeah, and it, it ended up being that we played him onside. I think it was Boxel played him onside, and yeah. Kalman just blew his mark. I don't, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Did we start chaining VAR after that? <laughs> yes, I, I think, think so. we did. Because yeah. yeah. it was mentioned on Twitter by a couple of people saying, they know there's no VAR. I'm like, well, we weren't doing it because 
we were doing it because there should be VAR. Right, exactly. Know? And yeah. why the Federation hasn't done that yet yeah. is beyond me. Yeah. It's absurd. Now, pretty much everyone across the globe has it, and yeah. yet we don't. Not in this We're club. the ones that started it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we go into the half 1-1. One, one. Uh, like I said, we were now a little bit concerned about what's going to happen in the second half because, David, like you are saying, we come out of second halves a little bit weird most of the yeah, time. Yeah, it's it's always always sketchy. And yeah. I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe this is Adrian Heath thing. Maybe he's he's not a good motivator, which I could maybe see. I don't I, know if that's I, possible. I, all the English people I've ever known, which, mind you, is I could count on one hand. Yes. But I, they've never been exactly yay, raw, you raw, raw type sure. people. Um, yeah. And he doesn't seem like he's one of those people. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think there's something there, which I don't think it, it's necessarily something to pick at. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it happened, and I don't, it, that does happen in games. I don't think it happened so much in this one, uh, in, in the Portland game. But we were concerned about it. Oh, we were oh, right to be we concerned, were, we were concerned about, about, about it. Coming sure. out of Rightfully the half. So. Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, we come out in the second half, and it's kind of a back and forth for a while I was thinking I don't remember anything crazy happening. I mean we at that I think at that point if you're talking about the start of the second half I mean yeah. I think Minnesota had done well with yeah. possession actually their possession numbers now I should say the, the game ended a 50-50 split yes. yeah. possession wise um, but I think at that point in the first half early in the second half the possession numbers kind of favored Minnesota. Actually, it was. I mean, yeah. I guess it shouldn't be surprising. Leading up to their first goal, Portland's, I should say. They Portland kind of had the possession for the second half of the first half. Yeah, momentum yes. really changed. It did. Yeah. It did after almost almost immediately after uh, Darwin's penalty kick. The the momentum swung towards Portland, but then credit Minnesota in this case. They came out uh, on on the upper foot. I would yeah. say. So. And it, you know the the pass by Molino. To toy so yes. on that goal was so that was, that was bring bringing yes. up yeah the, so the goal that the, it ended up being the game winning goal was in the 64th minute yep. Mason Toy scored just a beautiful I, yeah and I mean was that it was in front of us wasn't it it was on our side uh, it would yeah. have been yeah yeah it yeah. was on our side yeah, yeah. I think so yes, I remember it was. watching it and like just jumping out of my damn seat I think we were all high fiving and hugging at that point because yeah, it was like. So. Holy shit! We might actually get this game, you know. Yeah. Uh, Everything about that move was beautiful. It was. Oh, it's just it was. Yeah. You know, and it, it's one of those things that you know we'll probably mention it once we get to the Dallas match. Yeah. Right, it was Dallas or yeah. Colorado match. But any toys? Well, you this happen. Well, you, yeah. you think you talk? You're, if you're talking about players' performance yeah. in regards, and it, you know, toy has really growing this yeah. season, and it, it's surprising because. He wasn't anything at all last year. His, and he didn't do any... When he was at Madison, he didn't really do, do anything. anything. No. But something has clicked with him. And it, I maybe the minutes at Madison Helped were him. what he needed. Yeah. Even though he didn't contribute a ton. I think, could, it has, I think a lot has to do with having Dunlady there, too. I think Toy has realized that it's his for the taking. Well, that's know? true. When you, when you have a, another striker who can't even... I don't, Aside from last night, yeah, can't even you know put a header in the goal when he's three <laughs> feet away. It's I think that Unlucky. helps him understand that if he can put forward his effort, he's mm-hmm. got it. And, it, and it, you know, he's a very different player than Angelo Rodriguez, of course. And Angelo's still older, yep. So there's that too. He knows that 
he's got that opportunity if mm-hmm. he can step up and do it. Not to mention the fact that he's he's still young. He's got a chance to the U.S. team. He does. And, yeah, I mean, maybe he's still just clicked for well, us. And, and that's when, like, his stock was at an all-time high because he scores a game winner. He had scored one against Houston. Yep. And uh, he, his stock was at an all-time high there after the game. And, in fact, the commentators were even saying as much, you know, yes. hey, Greg Berhalter, are you watching, you yep. know, as yep. far as yep. a young U.S. national team player potentially. But. So yeah, exactly. we get that goal in the 64th minute, right? Yep. So we have to wait out a while. Yeah. And it was there were some times there where it was I was on the edge of my seat yeah. going, oh, shit, we're going to give up a goal here. Um, but it worked. It worked. We got out of there with the victory. We're going to Atlanta. Um, yep. We got on the train afterwards, and there was chanting on the train, and yep. videos on Twitter of us chanting on the train. You were on a video. I was on it. I, yeah. Luckily, I did not look like a complete dumbass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's tough after a match to not look like a dumbass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was amazing uh, coming out of there. And uh, as we talked about on Twitter, the three of us, we're going to Atlanta. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're going down there. We're going to go see the match. We're going to probably do a podcast down there. Planes, trains, and autom- automobiles, any way you can get down there. We're all going different. Uh, we are we're getting going, there different, yeah, different ways. Yeah, 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 we are. Uh, but it's uh, it's amazing. I'm excited. I'm very excited to go down there and, and, and see this. And, yeah, you know, and it, it can't play out better, you know. No. I, I really think it'd be cool to have a chance to lift the trophy at Allianz. Of course. But... To have the opportunity to take down Atlanta in Atlanta, Atlanta. Yep. when there's this weird, it's a weird rivalry between. Well, the two we've of talked about it. It's, it's easy to understand. They, they came up in MLS the same year, teams completely differently, yep. and here we are. We're both in second place. I believe. Yes, I yes. unless it changed after last night. Um, but, um, and I, but yeah. we'll say, you know, we'll say, and we have a chance to play soccer in a football stadium. I almost forgot what that was <laughs> like. Right, you know, yeah. It's been a, almost a year since they played in TCF Bank. Oh. So. And we're going to get, uh, there's going to be a lot of people down there. Yeah, I saw that um, they're currently over 300. Well, Sun Country uh, teamed up with United. Yep. They're doing a charter flight down there, right? Uh, which is crazy. That should help the numbers. Uh, that should help the numbers yeah. substantially. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. There's gonna be a huge supporter section down there. I'm excited uh, to be sitting in the supporter section with those guys and cheering them on. Um, even though Johnny, when he called me the other day, he's like, "You know they're gonna lose." Well, it's Atlanta. I said, Johnny, seriously, come on, don't and, say that. And we, John, you dumbass. Yeah. John's yeah. the pessimist, maybe He's of the group, pessimist. but uh, you know, Vegas would, would certainly probably yeah. agree with John. Yeah. I, I don't think Minnesota will be favored on the oh, road. No, they won't. but. But uh, like you said, David, they, they have the chance, and that's, yeah, they're in a final. Yeah, it's exactly want. what anybody would want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're certainly you know going to put out a strong lineup again. That's not going to change. I no. guess that, uh, we'll see how injuries shake out, but uh, certainly they'll start a strong lineup. Yeah. So after that high, we then go on to the Dallas game, which which we put out our B squad for that game. Yeah. We what, didn't really uh, You knew it was going to have to come at some point. Maybe well, the rotation was going to come. Maybe it didn't have to come as heavy as it did against Dallas. It looked yeah. different but similar in numbers to to the the match that in Montreal that Minnesota yeah. ended up winning. Yeah. Um, what was their yeah. I think there But it was, was Montreal, not Dallas. Not Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a it's a conference game. And yeah. that's what surprised me about it was that Heath would do change the lineup up so much but again after the 
U.S. Open Cup match, he kind of had to. Yeah, I, he did. He didn't have a choice to make a couple, two, three changes, but he kind of went wholesale. He went, I think there was, I don't have it in front of me for some reason, but I think there was at least eight changes. I think, yeah, um, there was. I think it was nine. Nine, yeah, nine, it might have yeah. been. I knew it was in that number. And I, I, to me, I still wonder if maybe he's just trying to be realistic and saying, well, is there two... I don't think he thinks this way, but maybe part of him is thinking, do we really have a chance in this game? Yeah. Um, I don't... Minnesota had not scored a goal in Dallas in their last couple trips there. They had lost, like, 2-0 twice right. back in 17 and 18. So maybe he's thinking, oh, geez, it's yeah, going to be hot. They're going to have to deal with the humidity. And it, 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 was a logical, it was a logical move. And I think even if he did say, well, the likelihood of us winning this is you know, less than 30%, yeah. I don't think anyone would fault him for that. Right, um, and it's, he it's, knew... It's and the way it is in MLS. And he knew coming off, you know, coming after this, this, you know, it's a Saturday match in Dallas. He knew coming after that there was two massive games at home in Colorado and um, Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. So he knew yeah. what was coming yeah. in just a few days. And, so. we've, and we talked about this on the podcast before. The Heat, for whatever reason, the Loons do terrible in the Heat. Um, we never have really great games in Houston or Dallas. Right. And it was, it was 99 degrees down there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well... He wanted to save his best guys for the upcoming schedule, and right. it was the best way to do it. Yeah, and you want to feel the you want to feel a strong squad at home. Yes, yes. Yeah. and and so it it all made sense. But imagine our surprise when mm-hmm. who opens the scoring for Minnesota United? Yeah, Ethan Finley. Yeah, David's favorite player. <laughs> well. He gives him shit all the time. We we were talking about this on the drive up. He's like like a a common man on K-Fan reference. So he's playing with the heavily rotated squad. So is Ethan Finley the best of the lousiest and the lousiest of the best? Yes, he could be. Kind of thing. Well, that's a good question. He certainly has his moments. He has his moments. I I think he, he has his place in the squad. I just wouldn't pick it. Yeah, I, mean, I really like him as a substitute in like the 60th minute, where yeah. there's a lot of tired energy. Like, he brings a lot of speed he does. Yeah, oh, definitely. energy is quick. Yeah, and the thing that I like about Finland is that we play the preferred four-two-three-one, which he he's versatile mm-hmm. in that. But if we want to switch it up to the four-three-three, he works really well in that formation as well. Yeah, where if you look at another right winger. Uh, Will probably come up later, Miguel Ibarra. He doesn't work as well in a fourth. No, so he he's more versatile in that sense. He also is able to track back. He's pretty decent in defense, and he's. One I of just us. think he's very. <laughs> what's that? He's one of us. He. he <laughs> God. I, I would like to say time. he's more. He was born in Duluth, but he grew up in Wisconsin. I'm from the Iron Range. That's close to Duluth. He's one of us. I'm from Wisconsin, so <laughs> yeah, I should I have know. an affinity towards him. Uh, you should. You should. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think... I don't want to say he's the best of the lousiest. Okay. <laughs> that was just... I, I, was I think just, he's better than that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just had to say it. I just have my little nitpicky issues. With Every him. time. Yeah. Every game, you got nitpicky issues. I don't understand it. But anyways, yeah, I mean, but that, congrats his, to him. Yeah, and yeah. his goal, his was goal, fantastic. yeah, it, it was a nice, it was short range. But uh, yeah. actually, if you recall the sequence, uh, just a few, that was in the 11th minute, just just before that, uh, you, you would have expected Minnesota to have scored. I mean, Angelo Rodriguez, I think, had a couple close in yeah. opportunities, yeah. and it was just, I think you guys used the word like 
goat rodeo, goat rodeo or something. Yeah, it was a goat. Rodeo. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you did. That's yeah, what it was Tony a, said. It's, it's yeah. a goat. It was a goat. Because it was. I mean, you would have expected a ball in the back of the net by that point. But fortunately, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Finley got it. So the whole and, game was a goat rodeo. I, yeah, you know, I, I, my notes ended at the first half, which means the yeah. the gin that I was drinking kicked in. Yeah, I was. Um, uh, and it, for me, it, that first half was. It, it was an entertaining half. It, it, it was, certainly yeah. was. It was wide open. I mean, open. the whole game was mm-hmm. It was wide open. And that's, uh, I mean, there's positives to take out. Like I mentioned before we started getting into the game, is that Minnesota had not scored right. in two previous trips. And so you don't necessarily expect them to score a handful of goals, mm-hmm. which they did. Uh, I guess there's obviously a negative that's going to come come back with that. Because in the span of, in the span of I think, two or three minutes uh uh, Dallas quickly took the lead to yep. and made it two to one at that point. And that was in the they scored their second in the thirty second minute. But yeah, so that the, that excitement one thing, quick, quickly went away. Yeah, the one thing I don't want us to be doing is playing catch up. No. So when they took the lead and all of a sudden it's okay, we're going to score a second. They're going to score a third. We yeah. have to score a third. Yeah. It, as soon as that happened, yeah. I was like, this is this is not the game we want to be playing. It's, in pretty much, it's pretty much over at that yeah. point. I think every time they took, I mean, the the swings were just crazy. I never expected Minnesota to get a goal, early goal, take the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, your highs are so low, and then then as soon as they went behind two to one, I thought, well, mm-hmm. that's it. They can't come back. Right. The They're not going to score another goal. And then of course, uh, Finley actually got the brace early yep. er, in I think the forty first yep. minute, and uh, just a nice goal. Let's see what I have about that. Oh yeah, the goalkeeper kind of came way off his line he on that did. one, and Finley just kind of chipped it in. He did. So, but that was nice, and and there you go, you you, you did it again. They tied up the game, mm-hmm. uh, but then in the 45th minute, uh, Nick uh, is it Nick Cannon? I always get that. Nick Cannon. Uh, Reggie Cannon. Sorry. Yes. Sorry Nick about Cannon, that. The I knew I, I knew I was going to make that mistake. Reg, <laughs> Reggie Cannon. He actually scored in the 45th minute to put uh, Dallas. Back up three to two yep. right before halftime, yep. so it's kind of a killer. It's one that um, it went right through the legs of Manone. I think yep. he maybe he could have done better. He would have said he could have done better, yes, but uh, call it unlucky, call it a mistake, whatever you want. Three two going mm-hmm. into halftime, and I think my notes, and we'll get we'll get on him a little bit later for better reasons. But in my notes, I had Hassani Dotson just did not look too good. Uh, defensively, well, I think he was surprised would be the word. He was caught off guard several times. Yeah, you know, I think overall that game wasn't good for our win, our flanks, I guess. No. Uh, You know, we got beat on both sides constantly. Uh, You know, I saw some other Minnesota podcasts, talking heads, arguing that Dallas doesn't have any offense. And really, they, they have struggled scoring goals. Yes. But uh, a player like Barrios, man, that dude's got some wheels. Yes. Whether he's contributing or scoring goals is beside the point. Yes. If he can take advantage of his situation and, and get it, he's, he's dangerous. And and again, he, he was the entire game. We changed up our rotation. So these yeah. guys are playing in... in together for probably the first time in that kind of rotation and exactly. there's going to be mishaps on defense yep. you know? we have a very strong defense when our top guys play because they talk to each other they work together you know? yep and and I think you know Manley has not I, I think there's still hope for him yeah I, I don't think he's MLS level yet 
Uh, Dobson has played his best on the right, yes. not on the left. Yes. So when he, you throw him onto the left and you have him deal with a player like Barrios, um, you have him deal with a player like uh, you know even Cannon from the back. Mm-hmm. It's just you're setting him up for disaster. Yeah. And he he also. If I recall, he hadn't gotten that many minutes prior to that game either. Because no, no, Romain so. had come back and mm-hmm. he got kicked out of the squad, basically. Yeah. So, it, it was a recipe for disaster. It, it was. And it, it proved to be so. So, okay. oh, I, think, I think he's really shown his youth, I think, in that game. Yeah. yeah. He just looked young and confused and, and kind of baffled a little bit more. And, we'll, I mean, we'll get to... His shining moment yes. a little later, but um, he really like gives me a lot of hope. He does, I think, for our our, uh, our halfbacks, yeah. and I think he's got a lot of talent to bring to the table. And I think he's very young. Yeah, he is, and he that just shows a lot of that. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted. To, I mean, I wanted to bring up the fact that it, much to my surprise, the uh, 2019 Super Draft yes. couldn't have worked out too much better oh. for the for Minnesota, yeah. um, considering that they got. Sonny Dotson, who we're talking about, yeah. Chase Gasper, and then we, we we haven't seen a lot of St. Clair on the but field yet, Clair. but I mean, if he's half of what they're expecting, think about you look at what they got out of that draft, two, you're talking about two players that are making immediate contributions, exactly. or maybe not immediate, but certainly as we go into the second half of the season, they certainly are. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, Dot, I think Gasper would have made immediate yes. contributions yeah. had he not been injured right yes. on. Uh, hamstring injuries can be but you know my deal with Gasper is. Yes. He gets a little too aggressive sometimes. He does, and he finally paid for it. He did. Um, and it, we we all know my wife's opinion of Chase Gasper. She loves him. Oh, yeah. She loves him. <laughs> oh, careful. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> ben obviously probably doesn't know. My, my wife actually thinks every time she's seen him, she thinks he looks like a douchebag. Oh. Like he just kind of <laughs> yeah has it look as it looks sort of, yeah. yeah I I think it's a he he's to me he looks or tries to look confident he does as a rookie mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to try to get a swagger or yeah something I think I think that's a good thing and yeah. I, I think that's what it is yeah because uh, my spoke. wife is the exact opposite of white. Yeah, she, <laughs> no, she doesn't like soccer at all. No, that was her very initial yeah. opinion. I don't think I like him. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> I've heard that before. It, it was it was within uh, the first like I don't know the first two times she saw him play. But it was like he showed up on the screen. She's like, I don't. He looks kind of like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I, I, he's a great player. He's yeah. showing that, but he's going to have to watch his aggressiveness a little bit. There have been some plays we talked about on this podcast before where it's been the box. And it's close to being a foul in the yep. box. And he's yeah. got to watch himself on that. Yeah. And, and so, again, Dotson, who rested him, mm-hmm. uh, before even his goal, mm-hmm. he had a fantastic play in the box. Yeah, defensively. Are you where, doing? yeah, where yep. he, I don't even know how the hell he managed to block that. No. Uh, I mean, he literally just gave up his body. Mm-hmm. And that had to kill him. Tailbone. I'm sure it did. Because he was like three feet off the ground and Mm -hmm. wiped it out and slammed against the turf. Yeah. But you know, that is that that's another example of how Dotson, I think, plays above what he is. And if he keeps playing like that, and that's not even again, that's not even his position. No. He's an eight. He's an eight. Really, and he 
he does. I, I could see him finding his way to Germany or England, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he keeps up this progression. Yes. If he keeps his growth, I mean, the sky's the limit. That yeah. He's, he's got a lot of talent. Um, I mean... He struggles defensively, but I think I think that a lot of that's just coaching. I think he just struggles with positioning, yeah, uh, and a lot, and also communication. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, like he he doesn't have that like natural bond with the other defenders that right, I think yeah. a more playing time will, will right. really give him. But he is such a threat when it comes to attack. Yeah, that it, you can't. I, I don't know how we've kept him off the field for so long. Yeah. To be honest, like you just got to give him the minutes. Yeah, and it, that leads us to the goal. Yeah, we yeah. should talk about it the, was re- up the re- goal of the week, the redeemer. And I mean, oh, it might it might be the best goal you see all season. I mean, yes. it, there's been a few nice ones, but uh, yeah, the redeemer. It was beautiful. Seventy fast forward to the seventy third minute is when it happened, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, David, you probably do the best of describing it, but it did start with a, 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 a long pass from Lawrence Alum, actually, who was yep. credited with the assist. Yeah, and you know, he he took it up the left side, and I, I was I was watching him like, shit, he's gonna go too deep. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna end up crossing it, and mm-hmm. he's not gonna do anything. And he was smart enough to to cut inside. He even had a little bit, a little bit of a. I, I'm not a soccer player. I don't know what the term is. Uh, over, kind of, well, lifted his, his foot over the ball and faked the guy out. Yeah. His footwork was incredible because yeah. he had to get. He ended up getting past three defenders exactly. before he and had he, his chance. And he took a few steps in, and I was like, oh, "What's he going to do with this thing?" Yeah. He he unleashed it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "That is no Just way a, it's going in." Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it it curved perfect. It bend it it bent like back. And it was just gorgeous. Yeah, that's and it, probably one of the best goals I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, just like the range, the angle, mm-hmm. the move beforehand. It was. Mm-hmm. I've played soccer my entire life, and I've never done anything like that. You know, <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could think of the game, but I was like, we're t- thinking about top goals for Minnesota United this year. I mean, actually, Dotson might be first and second on that list because yeah. there was yeah. one earlier in the season. I I wish I could think of the game off it, the top of my head. But I can't. Yeah, I know what one you're talking about. But it, it, was, it was, I believe it was from it was the his other first side. Goal. Yeah, it was, yeah. From, it was against Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, that, that yeah. was the oh, yeah, long strikeout yeah. from, from yeah. the other they side. Just let him yeah. keep dribbling and dribbling. And yeah, he's like, space. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to shoot it. then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, it, you know, I, I I love that our players are doing that. Mm-hmm. Even when they're, you know, 10, 10 yards wide. Yeah. It, it makes defenses respect the fact that you're going to take a, a deep shot. And it opens things up a little bit and in the box. Jan is good at that. Jan yes. will take shots from outside. He'll shoot from the half. Yeah, he will. And yeah. he's got that, like I said, got that knuckle puck kind of ball where you never yeah. know where it's going to go. And, it, you know, well, I'll, I'll wait till the next. Wait till we get to the last night's game to talk about that. Yeah. But, yeah, I've got something about Jan's shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think, you know, Dotson... I don't even think we named him man of the match because he had so many goofs ups yeah. on defense. But, I mean, it was up for goal of the week. Mm-hmm. It's easily up for goal of the season for Minnesota. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, he, he's got a lot of promise. It's it's exciting to see, especially since he plays in a, in a 4-2-3-1. He kind of plays in one of those two. Yep. And with Ozzy being as old as he is, um, I think... I think Minnesota's really set with him and him and uh, Gregish back there. Let's, they just uh, need to figure out who's going to be more attacking. Yeah, 
let's finish up this match quick because we have to get to the end of this match. Yes. Because there was something important that happened at the end. Yes. Okay, so, yeah, fast forward. So, highs and lows after Dotson tied it up, you get to the 85th minute where Dallas again takes the lead 4-3 late in the game. This That's obviously the backbreaker at that point yep. in the game. Uh, I kind of put this one on Carter Manley. Again, the heavily rotated squad. We haven't seen Carter Manley play, not even this year, but in the course of his short career here with Minnesota. We haven't seen him play a lot. I think he just didn't do well in defending his yeah. man. And then Dotson was kind of left to deal with two two players right. on the opposite side. So you, you wouldn't put it on Dotson on that no. just because he had too much to deal with. Exactly. I mean, maybe if you want to get technical, you could have said, well, he could have d- made a better decision. But I wouldn't. I'd say Manley kind of losing his guy. But, uh, yeah, so that was the backbreaker. Uh, insult to injury. They get uh, Dallas, I should say, gets an added, you know, a stoppage time goal. Yep. To, I mean, it was already over, but then yep. just to make it 5-3 and put a nail in it. So, And shortly after that, Tony, uh, why don't you yeah, uh, Mason us. Toy, um, he was, I think he was trying to put the ball down to get play started That's again. That's what he yes. was. He it, it was instigate. I mean, there's instigation. Dallas, yeah. the Dallas player was sitting right in front of him. There was a tussle. Mason spit at him. Yeah. And got a little pissed off. And I didn't see until the replay. So what it looked like to me, without seeing the replays, was that, you know, he was doing exactly what he said. Yeah. And he was kind of, I thought he was basically shoving the player. He and that's him. initially what I thought they were yeah. doing the card for. Yeah. And I was like, mm. No, then he supposedly spit at him. And, and he, he did. He did. Yeah. There's a video of the yeah, on yeah. the jersey, yeah. which is And you could disturbing. see the reaction from, immediate reaction from Darwin Quintero. Yep. Uh, and I think... Uh, forget who else was out there maybe alone but certainly darwin yeah, you could see old, him yeah. turn around and get really mad yeah at yeah. uh toy because he obviously yeah. saw so toy gets the red card mm-hmm. yep which is not good nope <laughs> because we go into the next game you know is against uh is colorado. against colorado at home yep. at home and now we're down a forward and, and then and not surprisingly short time frame yeah. yeah so the red card obviously was suspended him for the Colorado match, but not surprisingly, just a couple days later, extended. Um, MLS extended the um, suspension to two games, which is yeah. not unprecedented. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think a yeah. similar thing happened a year ago, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that he's out two games now, yeah. which hurts so, your options, especially if you within a busy schedule, you can't put it all on Angelo Rodriguez. So we're gonna have to see more of Dunlady going forward, and maybe even more of Dunlady because of. Angel yeah. Rodriguez's potential injury, which we'll get to. So we lose this game. And ends the streak of ends the streak of 11, 11 unbeaten, yeah, 11, seven in yeah. MLS. So it had to end sometime. So we come home to face the Rapids. We have right. no toy, no toy. Um, so Dunlady's going to play into this game yep. at some point. Um, there's a lot of people in the stands. Boy, does he play in this game? There's a lot of people in the stands wearing uh, medical masks yes. because of the. Uh, because of the uh, the, the plague, plague. Yeah, I, uh, they might have been overreacting. I, I have to, yeah, I have to. I have to. <laughs> now they're doing it tongue in cheek to be funny. I'm sure anyone that knows anything about the plague, a face mask isn't going to help you. No. Fortunately now, for us, we don't need to know a lot about the plague because right. it hasn't been an issue but, here in know, this state. Maybe. I lived in Colorado for a while. I was around prairie dogs a lot. Prairie dogs, pretty much all of Perry's plague. And yeah. You're not going to get it in any way that the face mask is going to protect you. So I just think it's funny. I thought I read I, I'm, that. I'm just going to so yeah, yeah, be the Debbie Downer and be like, you're, the, the humor doesn't make any sense. I thought I read that if, like, say I had the plague, I don't. If I did and I started coughing... 
I think there is a possibility. Well, I mean, there there is a possibility. I mean, if it came, if it like flew into Tony's mouth. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and even then, it's so such hence, a little hence amount. Hence the that face mask. So they're yeah. just better okay. safe than sorry. Right. So yeah. we go into this match, um, knowing that we we need a victory. I mean, we need three points. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we we dropped points at Dallas. Yep. We're. I mean, the West is. My God, it's like every team is a point mm-hmm. from the next And it team. still is. And yeah. every week it's up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. It's crazy. Yeah, you, you needed points. Yeah. Without a doubt, a poor team like Colorado, you got to get three points. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. I mean, I was at the point where if we didn't get three points out of that game, yes, I was going to start yeah. tempting to be like Heath out. And then just, it's just not a point. And then without even looking at the standings, it's important because uh, – Coach PJ Fleck and the entire Gopher football team were on hand to watch the match, and yeah. the, the Gopher the women's, women's soccer, soccer team, team were there to watch yeah. the match. So I mean, a lot of pressure now on Minnesota yeah, to perform exactly. well. So, and you know, I I don't have a lot of notes. I'm starting to wonder. You must have been drinking that game too. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I was because I also stayed home from that game. Yeah, you I decided did. not yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we weren't sure, but Angelo Rodriguez did start that uh, match. So of course, coming yes. off coming off the uh, Dallas game, there was another eight adjust. There was eight adjustments in this one. Uh, just and you figured they would be. They're going to a much stronger squad. Angelo R- Rodriguez did indeed start the game. Um, oh, as, a, I, as opposed to Dinlotti. I thought there was some good early play with Darwin and Angelo. I ha- I have a note in here. Darwin can go tomorrow. See, I, I don't yeah. agree oh. with you necessarily. In fact, oh. I might just say, where would where would Minnesota be without Darwin Quintero? I don't you know, I this year. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it again. I, even after last night, I would not be sad if Darwin left at the end of the season. It's, yeah, it's I, just not well with our new signing. Yeah, but you don't know. Well, it, and I don't even know. You don't, don't know. know with him. Yeah. I'm still kind yeah. of like. He's so streaky. Yeah. He's so streaky. Well, so as one of the three designated players, I'd like to see at least a plan in place to replace him then with well, another right. designated player. I don't want to see that spending go down. I don't want to use maybe his inconsistent play as an excuse for Minnesota to say, oh, we're going to drop his salary, we're going to drop a DP, DP yeah. and have a weekend roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. If, if they would pick up his option, I would like to see them pay it down and get a new DP. Otherwise, I I'm okay with them declining the option. I just don't. I mean, that PK was complete shit. It was. It, I mean, he didn't even look like he tried. He didn't. It, it was just kind of like. But what did he? Whatever. But what did he do? He made up for it. He he did make up for it. Yes. He did score. He was nearly offside. It was 39th yeah. minute, so it was yeah. zero zero for a while. But he he scored. He was very nearly offside. Yes. But they did. They looked at it with VAR. He was on. Yes. And uh, it was Kevin Molino who ended up having a tremendous game in this yes. one. Uh, but it was just I a agree. perfectly timed ball into Darwin, yeah. who who. Uh, made and 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 that's why I'd be okay with Darwin going because I think the more minutes. Kevin gets sure. The more he's starting to look like the player that Adrian always thought he was in Orlando, mm-hmm. and it's the reason why Adrian wanted him here in Minnesota. Yes, and it, I think they're very similar players. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Darwin, when he's on, he's way better. He's got the skills, man. But he's talented. Yes, yeah. for sure. But I think overall, as as Kevin gets minutes. That's 
that's a big thing for us. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to make him better. And, yeah, and I, def- I definitely want to get back to Molino, but I kind of skipped over something pretty important. I, I mentioned the goal by thanks to Molino, his assist on yes, Darwin's yes. goal, but just three minutes prior to that, uh, Chase Gasper actually got called. Yes. For, or he he was fouled in the box, which yes. led to a Minnesota PK, yes. uh, which then Darwin ended up missing. That's why we kind of we were talking about his play early. Yeah. And then he missed that P- PK, and it was uh, I'll give a little credit to the goalie, but he did not put any pace no. on that ball, no, and it, no. and it wasn't wide enough. Yeah, and it, it's Irwin. Irwin's one of the worst goalies ever. Yeah. I mean, Irwin is the guy that he hat trick chipped in. Yeah, that's when he did. I mean, chipped him. the yeah. guy has no discipline whatsoever yeah. as a goal and how you can not get a PK past him yeah. he was with, disturbing he was with Toronto because it was Toronto yeah. that yeah he, okay yeah. so we have some uh, we have to talk about Dunlady in this game yes because he had a, he had a header he missed he was <laughs> I don't know how he missed that uh, he, I mean he knocks it into the ground and then off the yeah, I mean, he bounces it sense. off the ground. I don't understand that. And then I think he had another, he had another uh, uh, opportunity. Sh- yeah, short range. Yeah. Where he missed it again. Yep. So if you're thinking about Toy and Dunlady having a little competition, right? Well, even with Toy having the red card and being out for the next two games, uh, I think Dunlady dropped a little bit uh, during that game. I, I think that Keith has got to say, oh, he's just not putting it in. Hey, he he yep. can't do it. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you would have seen. I wouldn't have seen. No. Had Toy not had. His, yeah. His you wouldn't have. Um, or was it? Yeah. Was it Don Lottie and for Angelo Rodriguez? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there and Rodriguez had some missed chances in that game too. He did. I mean, I almost think that. Yeah, Dun- he had a missed header. Yeah, mm-hmm. a missed header. I think uh, if you're if you're looking to blame somebody that maybe should have stepped up and done better. I think it was Angelo Rodriguez missed a couple, like including that header. That, yep. that, Dunlady, I almost look at that and say, man, was that unlucky. Yeah. Could it, he have put it in a better spot? Of course he right. could. Again, but. it was unlucky, but that's just it's How? what Dunlady is. I right. mean, it's just, he just can't get it in. So, so let's, talk, let's talk to the guy that we haven't really talked about too much. Lou. Yes. Okay. I am 100% unimpressed with this guy. Yeah. So far. Well, now, obviously, we have all agreed last year we couldn't be couldn't make too many opinions about Angelo Rodriguez coming in midseason. That's right. That's right. Because you, you got to have that time to mm-hmm. kind of get in. I've made that argument uh, supported with the fact that um, Darwin. You know, made an instant impact in like the first two games. Yes, he did. And then mm-hmm. disappeared for about mm-hmm. eight, yes, nine games, and then came back. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's very common in those attacking roles. You're going to have these situations where you got to get interested and get involved and understand your teammates. Yeah. But so far, I am not impressed with him. I mean, he's just been kind of. They're different players, but I mean, yeah. you same for everybody. Oh, uh, did I get the Dublin? Dublin? The uh, Dortmund? Sorry. Dortmund. Yeah. Yeah. Brewer's choice, man. All right. Yeah. Likewise, I'll try something different. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but you know, I will say this: they play different positions. But I mean, some of the off 
the offseason acquisitions, you know, aside from the super draft, you know, the guys like Opara and Alonzi or Ozzy Alonzo, I think they came in and made immediate impacts. Right. Of course. Immediate. But one guy I look at who's one of my favorite players on the pitch right now for Minnesota is is Jan Gregus. And I yeah. and I don't think he made an immediate impact. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, and, and I know, could be, but it from from the eye, right. the, the eye test, the eye test. I didn't mm-hmm. think he made an immediate impact, but boy, no. has he ever! Yeah, yeah he's grown into his role. But why? So, so maybe it's just one of those things where Lude needs to needs a little bit more time to start feeling out this team in game situations because he hasn't been bad, Lude. No, right? He he's, he's just not been not anything there. good. Yeah, I but mean, you know that you know Ozzy and Ike coming in, they were MLS players already. Right. They knew the MLS. They right. come into these things and be. We know what's going and, on, and that's very true. And guys like Lude who come in, they come in from you know out in out of the country. They're not used to MLS yet, so right. again, I'm going to wait right for a little bit on Lude. I'm not going to give shit to him, just like with Angelo. I'm not going right. to say yay or nay yet. Um, I, I, you know, I just think the 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 big issue that I have with him right now is we're 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 using him and we're in a point where we're having to depend on him. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know that we ever have to depend on a, a striker who's a hold-up guy. Yeah. I mean, he's never expected to actually uh, score goals all the time that he touches the ball. Yeah. So it's easy for him to... Thank you. This is it's, thank you. it's easy for him to have to... Or to be able to kind of grow into his role. Yeah. Yeah. Here we have a player who's coming in. There are multiple players who can play his position. Yes. And he's basically having to stake his claim mm-hmm. at the starting guy. Yep. And for me, I just, I just think he needs to, he needs to make somewhat of an impact. Yeah. Or at least show he's gonna mm-hmm. going to. And I don't, I don't see it. I just and again, see it right now. I'm gonna hold off on. Yeah. Whatever, because I don't believe that you can make a strong case, yay or nay, you know. <laughs> so, so how was how, how the next beer? David choking on his beer there. <laughs> Maybe we need a different beer. I don't know. No, it's actually very good. <laughs> and he, that was the uh, was it the Dubliner, uh, the Dortmund, Dortmund. Yeah. Close yeah. No, it wasn't. See, okay, I'm okay. Talk, you're talking bad about Robin Lood, and now you're going to choke yeah. on your beer. Um, so let's let's get. Out of this game, just yeah, and let's. let's I do, do want to say about the Colorado game yeah. because it was a game that I mean, I predicted 2 0. I think Twitter would show that otherwise, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know how it didn't finish 2 0 or 3 0 or uh, 3 1, 2 1. I just, I mean, I think, and you, we mentioned it, it was, um, no, yeah, but I mean, there was a, I think it was a moment in it was kind of late in the game where, where Colorado nearly. Yeah. Leveled this one up. Yeah, and, uh, yep. it, it was thanked. I think there was some good. Uh, was it uh, Para and actually helped out Minone right on the line on that one. But uh, anyways, I, I was just my notes. I'm surprised that this game ended one nothing. Mm-hmm. Minnesota deserved one or two more, and they Colorado d- nearly scored one of yes. their own. But nevertheless, uh, it was it was a, another clean sheet for Vito Manone mm-hmm. which is his ninth of the year his eighth at Allianz yep, Field yep. and another I love I love moments like this and well, there's plenty of them when you're only in your third MLS season but Minnesota United set a new record for victories in a season with 12 yes. victories yes. so that, that's just another you know and you know with nine games to play at least at that point well, it's so, nice to be talking about 12 victories 
now than trying to get to 11 victories in September. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, we still have what? Eight, eight games left? Eight games after the yeah. yeah. So, and so it's, it's big. We get we beat the Rapids. Uh, I think we get in the second. Did we jump to second place? After yeah, we, we jumped to second. We yep. okay. I, I would like to point out that I noticed Connor Casey uh, drinks coffee on the bench. He does? They, they had a... It's just stupid... I pay attention to weird things. Um, they had a shot of him. Yeah. And here he is drinking a, a cup of coffee on the bench. Yeah. I, I just don't... Oh. Seems a little highbrow. I'd be drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I would imagine coaches can't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sure they can't, yes. But, you know. Well, you don't know what's in the coffee mug either. Well, that's a good point. That's right, that's right. That's a good point. Well, shit, I mean, back in the day, MLB and Major League Baseball, coaches used to smoke in the dugout. I mean, drink beer in the yeah, batting kids. Yeah, batting kids, exactly. So we get the victory, and then we have last night's game against yep. Orlando, another game here. This game, I thought we were going to come out gangbusters and just kind of put the game in the beginning, kind of just load it up, score a goal yep. or two, and just hang on. That's what we wanted to do. But, of course, I didn't watch most of all I did, I was, but I was drinking. So. Tony, you watched pretty much the whole game. I was watching you watch it. You just yeah, don't remember. I just don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember going to bed last night. I don't, <laughs> seriously. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those games where I think we needed the victory against an Eastern Conference foe who was there fighting for a playoff spot. Oh, yes. yes. And they were, they were at 33 points coming into this one, just outside of the playoff line yeah. in eighth, but just outside, I think, on and, goal differential. And make no mistake... Tony, you said how important it is, and, and Adrian Heath, he made it very clear that yeah. these two games, Colorado and Orlando, mm-hmm. and regardless of whether this is an Eastern Conference opponent or not, they were very big games at home because uh, I think um, Jerry Zagga, right? Zagoda. Zagoda, he pointed out that the, and I, I think we were talking about the schedule via text right after the game, the, the next home game. Mm-hmm. Is not until I believe mid September. Yes, yeah, September fifteenth. September fifteenth. Got a while now. So yeah. yeah, that's why he knew that these games were important because yeah. if you can, get, you know, you got to get, you got to get the majority of your points at home, mm-hmm. and you go on the road for four straight games. I think yeah. is what it is. So it's going to be a tough, sl- tough mm-hmm. slug. Um, and so now you guys can't really say much to this, but I was I was at Dual Citizen with True North League. Yeah, and uh, Zach Murphy and I were talking, mm-hmm. and I called the lineup. Not only did I call the lineup, I also called the the uh, subs. Nice, perfectly. And he said, Zach said that he would actually vouch. Good for my for my call. Well, you've been known to call these things, right? You, I, I swear to God, you have a phone to Adrian Heath. Yeah. You talk to Adrian before the game, especially like, hey, good at the uh, substitutions. The substitutions, yeah, well, you yeah. know, subs. And it, you know, and, and the reality is, I, I was telling Zach, I'm like, you know, I think this is gonna be a lineup. I think this makes sense. Uh, you know, putting Dotson in mm-hmm. in midfield instead of you know with Ozzy having his injury. Yeah, speaking and of, it's the logical thing to do. You've got all these these pieces in place. We were, we were talking before we started recording. Mm-hmm. You've got a an Orlando team that averaged uh, 1.2 goals on the road. Mm-hmm. They hadn't scored two goals in quite some time, yep. so it made sense to suggest they might score a couple tonight. Yeah, or last night I should say. Um, you know, there's the there's the issue with you know Adrian came from Orlando. Yes, there's always going to be a little bit extra when mm-hmm. it comes to these games. You know, you want to suspect that we're going to come out and and play pretty tough. 
obviously having Dotson in instead of Ozzy makes us more attacking. That's right. Um, I mean, all these pieces made sense to have a pretty open, pretty high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely nothing like that. No, before we get it, it was a little open. As long as we're talking about, as long as you brought up, you know, we started talking about the lineup. I was kind of wondering if like Will Moembe Terhat was going to be available. He wasn't on the 18. I wonder, was he there? I wonder. I, you know, I don't know. And then there was early talk that Tommy Chacon could be there, not obviously in the the 18, but there to witness it. But I I think he was a day late in getting his paper. Yeah, there's, and there's some weird things politically about that. Because yeah. they, well, they talked about how Pavone had his paperwork like two days after he signed with L.A. Yeah, but I mean, the fact and is... here's Chacon is trying to get paperwork and, for like yeah. two weeks. The, the fact is, I mean, Pavone, he was, uh, wasn't he a Boca, Boca Juniors or... Uh, he was um, Argentine, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Boca yeah. Juniors or the other uh, River Platte, but I think it was Boca, Boca Junior. Yeah. But anyways, diff- we're talking about different countries, so that's just that's going to well, happen. Yeah, but and it, you also have the the situation that there are some countries in South America who are putting out non-travel warnings to the U.S. Yeah. Yes, I, I've and never, Uruguay happened to be one of yeah. them. And I've never, so, I've, yeah, and that so that's probably it. I mean, like, I've never left Argentina. I've, I've always been a, a U.S. citizen, but I mean, getting, I can tell you, getting into Argentina as a U.S. citizen is very easy, especially from a tourist standpoint. But, I mean, it, there's nothing there, so maybe just the... Yeah, there's there's probably yeah, yeah. What, what's going on. But anyways, yeah, so... So yeah. this game, we thought it was going to be a little more wide open. It was not. Right. Um... <laughs> I don't remember any of the goals scored. I'm blanking right now. Oh come on, Tommy. Well, you remember well, I mean, the so obviously and it, it Orlando was, was the PK. And it yeah. was and, and it Nani went, was brought down. The by first half Ibarra. the first half was scoreless. Yes. And it, so yeah. it, there was nothing to get super excited, especially maybe from your point of view, Tony. Yes. But yeah. uh, I mean I I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't have many notes. Uh, well, you myself. know, and this is one of those things. I, I was telling somebody in the wall. I try not to Try not to be in the wall. Yes. The game before the podcast. Yeah. Because I can't see anything, and mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I was in the wall. Yes, you were. What you know, my observations were. I really felt like we were playing far too heavily to the right side. Mm-hmm. Everything was going through Romain. Everything was going through uh, Darwin. Shifted over to the mm-hmm. right. There were numerous times that we were we were in the wall yelling to go to Gasper because he's just standing, standing there. I mean, literally just standing mm-hmm. against the sideline on the did, far left. And it's like, you know, rotate the ball, rotate mm-hmm. the ball. Did you get a chance to watch it, Ben? Or? I did not. Yeah. No, we had a birthday party last night. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. My but four-year-old I'm, turned five. Whoa. There you go. Five, nice. Now you have a five-year-old. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, hey. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's the that was the main observation I had from my vantage point. <laughs> Even once they switched sides, yeah, it still seemed like everything was going that direction. But we, I mean, this game again, we talked about. We could say, if we're talking about it in general, like the twenty-two shots Minnesota yeah. had right. compared to only five from Orlando. And, and I, I would like to point out uh, somebody that listens to us on, uh, on Twitter said that. Uh, Steve is his name. 
um, he was pointing out how people were complaining about that PK. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look at how many shots we had. Yeah. We shouldn't have to be complaining about a PK. Oh, no, completely against the, it was completely against the run of play at that point. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean yeah. it's, it just adds to the frustration yeah. because that, you might as well fast forward to it, that was in the 70th minute. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. It was late in the game. It was late yeah. enough after a bunch of, you know, well, I guess not all those shots were on target. Six of them were. But certainly against a run of play where you expected better, you expected a result from Minnesota before that point, but they didn't get it. And so PK or not, I would say after review, it, is, it was a PK. Again, it would have been extremely difficult to turn to, to overturn that right. call, I guess, as and you pointed out. I would, I would like to maintain that if clear and obvious wasn't a requirement <laughs> and they had the ability to zoom in yes yes ike did not touch Nani. Yeah, i maintain that i maintain that he did touch him so it was that mm -hmm. close i I, re I i obviously saw it last night and then i watched it several times as i was sitting uh, at tony's uh, kitchen table mm -hmm. I reviewed it. on my 70 inch tv Zoomed in, really close. I, had, not I was looking on my five-inch iPhone uh, screen. So yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, the reality is there was a weirdness that happened in the box. But yes. he did definitely did not get the ball. But right. yeah, leading up to that, uh, not Nani. Uh, boy, did he have acres of space, as they'd say. Oh. Uh, he had tons of space, and it was a beautiful ball put into him. But he just made a perfect run. Had ton, ton of space. It was, yeah. I mean. Maybe lucky he didn't get a shot off earlier because he probably could have scored right. easily from that point. And, it, and, you know, for me, maybe it's my initial liking of American football. Mm -hmm. But for me, my thought is if you're going to have a, a player, attacking player, mm -hmm. get that much space and that much, you know, just that much clear shot at goal. Yeah. If I'm Ico Park... I want to see him. I mean, if you're going to draw a penalty, mm -hmm. do it with gusto. Yes. Just level the level. Him, yeah. I mean, just just take him out. There you go. Obviously, that would probably result in a red card. It was. But you know, I mean, in the end, I was disappointed in how he drew the yell. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, Nani, even in the EPL, was a diver. Oh yeah. So I mean, he he definitely took advantage of the situation. Yeah. And, and props to him. Upon reviewing the play, there right. was there was a forearm shiver to the back. <laughs> forearm was, shiver. Forearm shiver. That's what yeah. I like to use. Was appropriate for the I would say for the PK. I think there was there was some. Ike gave him a good old heave hole and yeah. send him head right. over heels. But yeah. I, it I'll, was. I mean, yeah. from the ref's angle, it, it looked suspect, and he didn't really have a choice but to, to give it. Right. I mean, it's Nani. And yeah. then, yeah, and then what also <laughs> yeah. doesn't help the case is he wasn't, whether you want to argue about the contact to his leg or foot, you know, not to mention a potential shove, he he just wasn't near the ball. I mean, you couldn't make the case that he had any of the ball. Right. Yeah. So, oh, was, yeah, he never touched it. Yeah. He was way out of position. Yeah. yeah. And I would like to point out that I really feel like that happened because we had... Jan and Hassani in midfield. Yeah, they're both very forward. Yes, and you leave all that space in the back, it's bound to happen. And if you're not capitalizing on the offensive side, mm -hmm. that's risk. It's a lot of risk. There. So, 
we, I mean, it ends up in a tie, right? Right. We could have used the three points. We could have used three points. But we get a point anyway. Lucky to get a point. Yeah. Luckily. The thing, now you look at the standings, though, those three points oh could have really boosted us up. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I, I mentioned to, to Sarah this morning, who obviously probably wasn't listening at all, <laughs> yeah. um, that Minnesota was crazy lucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they, they dropped two points. We talked about this, too, Tony and yeah. I. Yeah, they, they dropped two points, and they stay in second. They stay in the second. only team that hasn't played is Portland. Yes. And it, they managed to pull it off. Everybody was drawing last night. Yeah. The, all the I top mean, teams. San Jose got, got beat they, by that, Sporting. That was really the only one. That, it, otherwise, everybody drew. I think L.A. Yeah, I mean, the Wilson. only way they drop out of second place is yeah. if Portland wins tonight against Atlanta. Yeah. At, in, in, Portland. Only, in Portland. In Portland. Yeah. Um, and then Portland still has a game at hand. Yeah. Oh, I should. So, yeah. There, there, there was a lot of draws. LAFC, who's already they've actually LAFC. We should mention has clinched the playoffs. Yeah, they have surprisingly, yeah. but they beat Real Salt Lake. So really, I, I actually looked at it earlier this week, and my most optimistic of minds tried. There, there is zero chance. Actually, there isn't. There is a point one percent chance that Minnesota could potentially catch LA. But it's Whoa. really, if you want to talk about realistically, it's, it cannot happen. It will not happen. No. I mean, LAFC would have to lose all their games. Is that impossible? Though? It's technically it's not. Well, if there was impossible, if there was an earthquake. I mean, I mean, think about it. We play them twice. We do. So if we could pull off wins, which is really unlikely. So, in we, LA, yeah. so Minnesota's if we could pull off wins. That's, that's six, six points. points. Yeah, that's right. But they're they're sixteen points down as we sit. Yeah. But who do they play? In? That's some ground to make up. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's impo- I mean, it's basically <laughs> impossible. I think we need That's to end the conversation. But yeah. I guess what I was getting, bottom line is, you, you're fighting for one of those top the oh, top yeah. four spots, second through third. That's what you're fighting yeah, for. Yeah, you want a home point. field spot. Yeah. yeah. So And there's a lot of fight left because, I mean, as we sit here in Dallas even, Dallas is sitting in eighth at 37 yeah. points. That's five now, behind. Now, the nice thing is, is we still play Real Salt Lake yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, we we still play Seattle, unfortunately, at Seattle. And we play Seattle and Portland on the road. Yes. Mm-hmm. And L, not to mention two games, you said it, two games against LAFC. I mean, I can for sure see us dropping points. Yeah. At least five Yeah. against LAFC. Yeah. Then, so we, we have two against LAFC. We have two against Sporting Kansas City. A struggling yes. Sporting Kansas City other than but, last night. You know, I mean, if you want to look at San Jose and Minnesota being on par, yeah, San Jose went to Sporting and lost. I'll so, hey, I'll take second place this year. I'm not looking for first place. Oh, that'd be great. I, I'm I mean, taking, I'm taking anything above fifth. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, I'm I'm a reasonable guy. Yeah. Still sitting in good shape with goal differential, uh, mm-hmm. thanks to uh, I think it was Real Salt Lake losing, was it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Minnesota sits with an eight. A positive eight goal differential, We've, whereas Real Salt Lake would be the next closest with four. Not to mention LAFC's forty-two. Right, <laughs> forty-two. That's insane. Um, so I think let's close up there. Let's oh, go to. We should, I just want to. I don't know if we mentioned or not. Damn but it, it was, Dave. It was Dunlady that. Uh, oh, in, he did in, have a in goal stoppage that. time. Ninety plus two. I would all, actually. Good point. I would like to point out. Yes. I had to leave the game early because my son was projectile vomiting. Yes. And my wife. Thought it might be a good idea. Yeah. The stadium is freaking loud. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was three blocks away, 
two and a half, whatever you want to say, when he scored his goal, mm-hmm. and and you knew it. It was you knew it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. So, and the other concern I had to bring up was Angelo Rodriguez. It did not look good watching the broadcast. Uh, it looked like he had his hamstring. Was yes, hurt, he pulled up which, uh, non-contact. Yes. Which it's, that could yeah. be weeks. I mean, that yeah, could be a could month. Be, that could be yeah, longer man. than. And that. consider well, luckily we got toy back now. Yes. But considering, yeah, I remember. Exactly. I remember after, shortly after yeah. spitting incident toy. That is. Uh, they we wasn't surprising that it was two games, and then there was even talk that Minnesota might even add add to that penalty. I don't think it'll They're be in the form of being in the starting eight team. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's fine. He's maybe they'll do sorry. something. He learned his lesson. Under the table. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just had to bring that up as well because it is. Yeah, it's a bit concerning uh, heading into a bit another busy stretch at the so, end of the month. Let's head to break, guys. When we come out of the break, uh, we're going to talk. Maybe a little more soccer after the break. I think we might want to talk about the Atlanta game coming up because we're going to be there. Uh, and then we got some other things to talk about, some non-soccer-related stuff. Uh, maybe some flat Earth stuff. Yeah. I do have to talk about. We have, I have to bring up the fact that the La Liga got fined. I want to bring yes. that up. Yeah. And then uh, a new bathroom going in in England. I want to bring yeah. up. That's that interesting. sounds interesting. It, it is very interesting. So. Yeah. This will be a long episode, guys. Hold on. Hold tight. Yeah. We'll be back from Lublin in a couple minutes. Big Lake. Uh, ben had to uh, take off. His wife and kids were here, and he's got some other friends here. But uh, again, I want to thank Ben for coming on. Uh, during the break, he gave us a little tour of the brewery. Um, and I will say this, guys, we were talking about this when he's giving us a tour. It looks a lot smaller. Oh. From the street, without a doubt. Yeah. Then, because he showed us the ba- there's like a whole back end of this place. As you, as you pull into the space here, you kind of yeah. you kind of get the oh, it's going to be one of the smaller smaller mm-hmm. breweries um, as far as operation is concerned. But boy, yeah. looks can can be deceiving Very in deceiving. this case. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's incredible what's back there. They have we'll an, post some pictures about it. Yeah, they have an event center that they're going to open up next door. Ben was giving us details on that. It sounds like it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, so when that gets going, I think we'll have to come back up here and do another podcast. For sure. This, and is, uh, this is great. For our listeners that maybe don't get the chance to come up to Big Lake very often, this would be a very good excuse yeah, to do so. Be. Oh, yeah. Um, well, of course, if you go into the cabin on a Friday, yep. stop by, grab a growler. You know, Or Sunday, coming back from the cabin, stop by, grab a growler. If you're know? going to Fargo for some reason. Yep, yep. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, again, thanks to Lupulin for letting us come out here and Ben for coming on the podcast. Um, let's start off, guys, in the second half. Let's talk about Atlanta, the uh, game, the U.S. Open Cup final against yeah. Atlanta. Uh, Dave, you're bringing up a good point that Atlanta and, and Minnesota did not play a weekend game before the Tuesday night They game. do not, yeah. So, actually, Minnesota's next game prior to the Open Cup final is uh, Thursday, Thursday night at Sporting Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, it just so happens that Atlanta's matchup um, against Orlando, it's in Orlando, by the way, that's happening uh, this coming Friday before mm-hmm. the U.S. Open Cup final. Yep. So, 
So whether that that must be a coincidence, but it worked out, I guess, favorably for both teams. It did. At, at least Minnesota has, I guess, that extra day. Uh, of course, there is travel involved to mm-hmm. Kansas City. Right. At least Atlanta has to travel to Atlanta or Orlando, not yep. as far as a commute, but yep. uh, and they have. Minnesota will have one more day of rest, I guess, if you look at it that way. Of course, that might be off, offset by the fact that uh, Minnesota has to travel to Atlanta for the final. Yes, sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about expectations, guys. Um, like we said before, we're all three of us are going to be there, um, and there's going to be a lot of fans there. Yep. Uh, like I well, said, they, they started... Uh, the Sun Country started a flight down there, so they got a charter flight going. There's over, I think, what's 300 tickets have been sold so far? Yep, so far in the sports. Um, and that, yeah, that doesn't count the random fan. I know we had thought about this, you know, for a little bit. I mean, it came up in my mind where it's like, boy, uh, especially at the semifinal, having such great seats for that game. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. essentially first row. It Part of me, when, when first found out that... Minnesota was going to indeed go to Atlanta. I, I was part of me wanted to. Ooh, it'd be nice to have a really good seat. Um, but then uh, the overwhelming thought was, do I really want to be surrounded by Atlanta fans? No, no. And but the answer is an easy no. But I think there are people who sure. might be coming down. Yeah, really outside. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And the, the tickets went on sale. I think Friday morning. Thursday morning, one of those two. Then for normal seats. Yeah, and so for everything that I saw, I, I took a look. I, t- I was trying to, I'm not sure who the official provider is of those tickets or who's selling them, but uh, yeah, I, I know. Really know. But I did, I can say I took a look at SeatGeek, um, which I know is has an affiliation with MLS at the very least. Certainly that doesn't have to have anything to do with this U.S. Open Cup final. Uh, however, I took a look and I noticed a couple things. Number one, that ticket prices. Now, this was about. This would have been two weeks before the game, so ticket yeah. prices are going to fluctuate. But I noticed, one, that ticket prices were fairly expensive, mm-hmm. at least on a secondary scale, from upwards of the cheapest being about 70 But there was a wow, lot of tickets wow. in that 70 to 90 range mm-hmm. all over the stadium. Mm-hmm. The other thing I, wanted to take, I took out of that was the fact that it does appear, and I'm still not 100% sure of this, but it does appear that the 300 level or the upper level will not be open. Okay. That's the impression I'm, I've got up to now. Now it's, it's still surprising. It, I don't yeah. know if that's surprising or not because it, even with the what they call the 100 level and a 200 level, which is that, to me it kind of looks like a club level. I'm not sure. I haven't been there yet, but uh, with those with excluding the upper level, they still can fit for just over 42,000 people in that stadium. Okay. So that would still be a large draw. But still, but I think Atlanta, doesn't Atlanta like sell out? No, well, the here's time? the thing. Yeah. They, they, they have select games, Like they're, and I looked into this. Their normal seating is the lower level okay. and the set 200 level. So okay. that's their normal standard okay. seating. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that. But they do, I, they must take a look at their schedule and they must release a handful of games to the whole stadium obviously they do yeah. like in was it the LA Galaxy uh, yeah. just a week or two yeah. ago they had over 72,000 I think right, yeah. it yeah. was a it was a sellout it was a huge it, match so i'm thinking maybe they take select matches and do that it's not every but match you think it's a it's a trophy yeah. It's a trophy game, yeah. So, and, and how many people were at the game with the, the last game I guess where I don't know. they played the Mexican team for that the Campionis Cup. Campionis. It was the and the Campi- Shout out to Atlanta for winning the Campionis yeah, yeah. Cup, uh, yeah, which exactly. pits the, the MLS champion against the La Liga or not uh, Liga the MX. Liga, Liga MX, MX champion. Yeah. And it, and uh, Club America played a pretty solid roster too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm wondering how many people were at that game. I have no idea. 
did they sell? I mean, did they open up the third that, deck for that game? That game was, I believe, happening simultaneously as the Loons were playing uh, Colorado, I believe. Okay. So I, I, I meant to flip over that, flip over and watch some of it, but I didn't end up flipping over and watching it. I think it, it might have been a Twins game or something, too, so yeah. there's a lot going on, but... I would like to think that they could say, okay, they could look at the ticket sales to the Open Cup and say, yeah. oh, wow, this is selling fast. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and open the third level. And they may very well do that. I'm just saying, from what I saw, it, those tickets are not for sale yet. Maybe they will be. But. Well, going to this game, okay. The oh, game. which brings me to the, sorry, to the last point is I'm very curious where these 300 to maybe hopefully 400 by the time it's all said and done, Minnesota yeah. supporters are going to be seat, sitting. It's important to me. Are we going to be in the 300 level miles well, I would above? Hope not. Or are we going to be in that 200 or 100 level? I'd open the 200 level. I mean, if they're not opening the 300, you right. would suspect they'd be in, in the, the 200. 200. That's why I'm very curious. Could you imagine oh. they put us in 300? They didn't open 300 up, just but opened up just for the sport. I mean, that would something. be shitty Atlanta for you. That would be that would be that cause a major uproar. I yeah. think. Um, I don't know. So going to this game, you know, the biggest game we've had in the three years of of the Loons was the game against Portland at home. Right. And now we go to Atlanta, and this is now the biggest game ever in the history. Without doubt. Of Minnesota United. I mean, this is the biggest game, and I'm glad we're going to be there. Um, I'm excited, but of course, my unlike some people were saying, you know, there's no way they can possibly win. I still believe there's well, there's a way there they can win this game. No, of of course there is. I mean, there is. There, I mean, it's that's MLS for you. There's mm-hmm. there's significant parity, and not so much on a year to year basis, maybe, but certainly from a, a week to week, yeah. there is a lot of parity. And where you see teams that it's so that's why it's so hard to do predictions. You just because yeah. any given week, you, you, and it depends on you know we've got this year especially we talked about it a lot before the season started, but it's a condensed schedule. Yep. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of midweek games now. And so you never know what lineup you're going to see. Um, but let's that, assume, I think for this game, we can assume that we're going to see a full-strength lineup on both sides. Of course we are. Of course we are. So that, at least that makes it a little easier for your predictions. I know, I don't know, but I, I can almost assume that Vegas will have Atlanta favored yep. uh, by probably a significant margin. If you look at yeah. the recent... History. If we were talking about this potential matchup back, say, in March or April, or even maybe early May, you Minnesota might love their chances. Yeah. Uh, considering oh, yeah, yeah. considering how Atlanta, Atlanta started was, out the season, Atlanta was terrible. But there's I there's probably not a hotter team in MLS right now than Atlanta. There, mm-hmm. There's well, of course LAFC and a few others, mm-hmm. but Atlanta over the last two months, their form has been terrific. Yeah. And yeah. so there's no doubt it's going to be a difficult matchup. Vegas will have them as favorites. But to say that Minnesota has no chance of winning on the road is, is I mean, that's not well, yeah, I, I agree. I, I like our defense against Atlanta. I think yeah. our defense is strong. I, I think our defense, and I think I've said this on the podcast, there's only one team that, I, that I'm worried about, and that's L.A. Mm-hmm. I, I think our defense is different from the last time we faced Atlanta earlier yep. in the season. Yep. I think, you know, we can... Hold our own uh, against any team. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to one goal. I mean, there it's going to be a one goal game. Yeah, it, it could be, and yeah. it's going to be. Um, I think our defense can hold them to one goal. Well, it's just us getting two goals that's going to be. Right, right. I, like think, I think I agree with you. And you, you look at the. And I was actually I I was in Australia. I didn't get to see them, but earlier yeah. in the year, Minnesota did travel to Atlanta. 
in the MLS regular season. Yeah. And that that was a one goal game. Up, right. Up until the stop. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. one nothing heading yeah. into the ninth. It was one nothing heading into the 90th minute, where yeah. I think they got a couple late goals to make it. It doesn't look good, you know, looking at the last results, three zero Atlanta. But Minnesota had made a game of it, right? Um, yeah, so, but think about this, guys. Think, I mean, think about this game in a whole, right? This game, if we were to win this game, this would tell MLS that we are now here, right? We are not Atlanta. We are not. A team that's the stepbrother of Atlanta. Right. We are here in MLS, and our three-year plan has worked. And and I think it also benefits teams like Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. uh, a team like, say, Nashville, who hasn't come Mm -hmm. in yet, who will be in, and say that, you know, it's okay Mm -hmm. to build your team cautiously. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as we didn't like it. No, of course not. And the fans aren't going to like it. It's okay to kind of slowly build that in. But you know why we didn't like it? It's because Atlanta came at the same time, and they spent a lot of money. Right. And we were doing a separate thing, and we hated the fact that another team came in and did what Atlanta did. Yep. And um, Atlanta had everything going for them in the beginning. They had a stadium. They had an owner with a shitload of money. They had everything. Yep. We didn't have that. I, right. And now we're now we're here. And I, I do like it. I think it was as early in this tournament as the quarterfinals. Yeah, I'm certain it was. In the quarterfinals, there was eight teams. All eight had never been to a final mm-hmm. yeah. of the U.S. Open yeah. Cup, including, of course, New Mexico, a new team. But uh, those eight teams. And, and that I, just, I like to see it. And we're not at the level where the entirety of MLS is maybe putting their 100% focus into advancing to a final. But yeah. you can tell that the... You know, teams that haven't been there before mm-hmm. were really pushing for it this yes, year. Right. And now we got two teams, Atlanta and Minnesota, that are young MLS teams but and uh, and in their first M- uh, U.S. Open Cup final. Yeah, I agree. And before we get out of the subject, I, I do want to mention, um, we've talked about this on the podcast before, I think MLS has to get more involved with the U.S. Open Cup. I think there has to be more of a marketing, advertising, get well, this to become something bigger than it is. Well, keep it, I mean, it doesn't have, MLS doesn't have to take over No, the I'm, not asking, Cup, I'm not asking. And they asking never will. They never will, no. They, I think they could, MLS as a whole, and you even coming down to the team level, you look at the marketing and advertising yes. uh, for the U.S. Open Cup, and of course there's been a huge push uh, by social media, but a lot of that is the supporters groups that's and right. sections and the right. Wonderwall that's been pushing it. It has not been the team. No. I mean, MLS right. or the Minnesota United, they have not been pushing this as much as I think they should and, be. And, you know, I, I speculate as to whether or not this is a situation where, you know, this is this is USSF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, it's, their, it's their baby. It is. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if MLS is saying, you know what, the Federation has to do something about this. Yeah. Let's, let's stay back and do it. You know, I think it was... I want to say it was the episode before New Mexico match. Mm-hmm. I was saying, you know, we need to see the Nike ball because that's yep. USSF. You know, we need to see MLS kind of in the background yeah. but still supporting it. And I think that's the thing. Now, against uh, against Portland, it was a Nike ball. Yep. And, it, and it will and be. It, and it should be because mm-hmm. it's the federation. That's so right. if you look at, you know, if you look at the uh, FA Cup, 
Now, however, the I suppose the FA Cup's a bad example because it's basically Nike yeah. uh, across the board, EPL and, and FA. But it, it's still one of those situations where I think I agree, Tony, that MLS has to kind of... They've got to get in there a little bit. They have to get their teams to do stuff. Exactly. At the same time, the Federation really needs to step up. I mean, the, the USSF has been shitty on all, yeah. in every single aspect of their operations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, they need to they need to step up and figure out how to promote this. And we talked about this. Why aren't we? Why aren't MLS teams playing at lower league stadiums? Well, and that and that's what Again, I did. And that's it's, that's the one thing when you said MLS needs to take a bigger role. Yeah. I don't think I don't want it to become. And it, and it won't uh, MLS sponsored tournament and like exactly like you said I no. mean I agree you know you should in order to promote soccer you mm-hmm. need to have the lower side hosting right. yes. these MLS yes, clubs yes you do I think MLS can do a bigger role maybe in in promoting US you know the federation's tournament mm-hmm. that, but something has to change but it might not happen until a lower league team actually gets into like well, the semifinals and, and or no, something like that and I mean right it, was it uh, help maybe I mean it was it wasn't that long ago that we had a lower level team in the final it was maybe a 10 years ago I think 2008 I want to say <laughs> hope maybe you can think of the team but uh, I, I feel like Miami Miami might have been or no 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 was it uh, uh, Cosmos maybe it could have yeah could have been I feel like there's somebody yeah but something needs to change. Yeah. I mean, it does. As I, excited I, as I am for this cup, I don't see the excitement on a in the United States about this cup. Right. And it, and it ultimately comes down to the fact that Americans don't understand this concept. And they don't, but there's ways that you can get people right. to understand it. Exactly. And the, the MLS Connect, and I just, this is just kind of random, but I look at the teams with the most wins uh, as far as MLS teams, and you've got Chicago Fire. Seattle and Sporting Kansas City, each with four wins. Now, now you look at those teams, say in this format, in the 2019 yeah. edition of the Open Cup, they, those were classic teams who really you felt like they didn't really care, yeah, re- how they did in this tournament. Right. They yeah. did not put their top lineups into any of the games. Nope. You know, Chicago lost early, well, and to counter that, though, Chicago and KC. Haven't had the best season. No, them. And KC's been slowly coming on. Chicago, I think, was a little strong in the beginning, but I think their priorities were different. And yeah, to your credit, Dave, Miami Fusion was they were runners up in in two thousand. Okay, way back then. Yeah. yeah. But so, uh, but that would have been Miami MLS in MLS. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 we'll we'll come back to it later. But yeah. I believe there was a two thousand in two thousand eight thereabouts. There was a lower level team that I think advanced. There was. Yeah. But so, just saying this conversation, guys. We'll be there. We'll be there. We're excited. We're going to do a podcast there. I'm excited to do all the distilleries on my way to and yeah, from. So David is actually he is driving down there and then on the way back he's stopping at distilleries in the smoky mountains and shit on the way there i'm stopping at distilleries. you are that's why i'm not i might not Jack ex- daniels on the way down are you gonna actually gonna make it so hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah real quick so you're I, so you're gonna you said you're gonna leave on sunday i'm leaving on sunday morning yeah. and you're staying overnight somewhere in uh, yeah, kentucky kentucky yeah and then on the way from kentucky to atlanta i'm stopping at jack daniels so mm-hmm. I won't expect. I'll be flying down on Tuesday. Uh, I, I think you're flying on Monday. Monday, sorry, I keep getting the yeah. days mixed yeah. up. Okay, yeah, I fly down I'm on, on Monday. Um, 
and I'm going to get into Atlanta about, oh, I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock. So yeah. I won't necessarily expect to see you about that seven early. About 7 Seven, that yeah. works. Okay. And, yeah, and then on the way back, I'm, I'm hanging out in Kentucky. For there you go. Yeah. So just to say, all three of us are going down there on different routes. Different yeah. routes, yeah. Um, David is driving. Dave and I are flying, of course. Dave is leaving on Monday. I am not because that's Monday is my big annual state fair day with yes, the family. Yeah. So I'm flying out Tuesday Speaking morning. Speaking of which, my wife, I think, is still going to go with you guys. Oh, she is? Yeah. Well, let her, well, we'll tell her to text Kelly. Yeah. Let her know. Yeah. Um, if she, yeah, if, if they want to come, feel, yeah, it would be great. Yeah. As, um, long as, yeah, as long as we're all getting there. We're all going to be there. Different yeah. ways, yeah. yeah. I mean, different I'm ways. using my miles on You're Delta. You're going on Delta. I'm flying American. i got to do some stop-throughs. I, I'm, I'm using Jeep. You're using your Jeep, yeah. And Sterling, I was going to tell you, if I could take a whole week off, I would I would be with you well, on that. Guess what? I, I did take the whole week off, uh, namely because, of course, you got the the, the travel, the U.S. Open yeah. Cup final, and then the Gophers uh, football home openers that Thursday. Uh, wow, there's a lot going on. Mm, but uh, whatever. At TCF Bank Stadium, <laughs> TCF Bank. former home of the former home of the loons. Yes. That's, that's a good point. Let's yeah. make sure it's yeah. the, the former uh, home of the loons. That's right. We're not. Ta- right. Yeah, I'm not talking about. It. I'm just. I had to mention that <laughs> as the former home. So we got. I mean, I, me. I have a busy week coming up. Uh, I mean, that the State Fair in Atlanta. It's going to be crazy. And then of course Labor Day weekend. So I, it's it's a nuts. It's yeah. a, a crazy ending to the to the summer. Um, so let's get out of soccer talk, guys. Well, yeah. actually, let's talk a little, little more soccer. Yes, La Liga. Because I have to talk about La Liga. Now, La Liga is the Spanish uh, federation of soccer, right? Top league. Top league. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, I saw an article that they were fined $280,000. Which is a drop in a, the bucket, bucket for them. Yes. But when yeah. you find out right. what they were doing, their app, just like the MLS app, they have an app. Their app was tracking audio and location of people. And the Liga was trying to figure out if these people were at bars that were illegally watching La Liga matches. Which is insane. Which is nuts. I mean, you know, I get it if they're illegally, you know, rebroadcasting. I mean, spying. They were using the app. Spying on your users. Thing is, I get it's not America, but. Location thing, I get. A lot of apps. Look at your location if you allowed to. The audio thing is what gets me. Yeah. Because there is no audio on the MLS app. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. So if you accept it, this this La Liga app, you are accepting them listening to well, your audio. Is it? It's one That's of those crazy. things where, uh, in this case, La Liga app would like to use your microphone. You yeah, could, could exactly. I would assume you could sec- technically say decline. But you would uh, hope. You would hope. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are just like, okay, whatever. Well, and which I assume there would be a lot of people yeah. doing that. I so can... La Liga was spying on people in Spain, watching uh, watching games at bars that had the legal. Yeah, it's insane. It's like Big Brother's watching you. You know, that's yeah, nuts, that's, right? That's just not okay. No, and it's <laughs> it's we've talked about this on the podcast before about Big Brother and yeah, yeah. what it gets into, and it's just it's freaking crazy. I've always wanted to be like one of the guys who, oh, that's not a problem, that's not a problem. But you, stories like this, you know, it just makes you think a little bit more. Well, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, like, you get, you're like thinking, like, what else, who else is watching me? My exactly. attitude has always been, okay, If I am I worried about my phone calls or my texts or email, like, whether you, regardless of what you're talking about, if you're talking about La League or national security or whatever, I'm always one of those people, I don't care if people, well, who cares if they see what I'm texting or who I'm calling, but, you right. know, Again. someday you could get to that point where you do care. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you it's don't crazy. want it to be open season. 
So another thing I want to talk about from Europe was a, uh, a Welsh town is going to install anti-sex toilets. What's going on? What? I just had to point out Chelsea ended up drawing with Leicester. Lester, At least it's not a loss. Yeah. There you go. One point on the season. <laughs> Could be worse. So, boys, a Welsh town will install anti-sex toilets that spray users with water. Say that headline one more time, because I don't a think Welsh, quite... <laughs> A Welsh town will install anti-sex toilets that spray users with water. That is not where I thought that now, story was going. Listen, but listen, listen, listen. Okay. So we got this Welsh town. It's a seaside town called Porthcall. Okay. Plans to replace its Griffin Park public toilets with models that deter inappropriate sexual activity and vandalism. The toilets will cost them about $200,000. Oh now, listen, God. this is the big thing right here. Movement sensors inside the toilets will respond to violent activity, while weight sensors will be installed to detect the interest of more than one person, triggering the deterrent measures. The toilets have also been designed to prevent rough sleepers taking shelter inside. If a user remains in the toilet for too long, a warning message will play while the lights and heating will switch off. The planning documents also include a high-pressure floor and wall washer, which could activate after every use of the toilet, you know, whatever, to wash it off. And people have been quoting on this, saying, weight sensors in the floors detect more than one user. What baseline weight are they using? I'm easily the weight of two teenagers. <laughs> you know, it's like, right, what about yeah. large people? So this toilet in this wall village is going to sense two people in there and then have spray water on you and have an alarm if you're in there. I mean, okay, so... <laughs> I, I can see a whole lot of bad coming from this. I mean, say so you got a guy who's 350, comes in there, and, and he's really yeah. got to go. Yeah. You know, maybe you know, maybe think gold member. Mm. Yeah. And a fat bastard. That's oh, right. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, for our EPL or maybe that's, a, that's about halfway in between Swansea City and Cardiff. City. Okay. And I, right. so I, I've, I've been through there. I've never made it down to the town, but I've certainly been on the M4 by, right through there. But. And this is, oh. it's funny. There are people quoting now. It, people are uh, putting uh, comments on this. Yeah. This lady says, This is absolutely terrifying. I'm a disabled person who falls a lot and occasionally needs assistance. Am I going to have to need to start looking up whether I'm able to use a public convenience without violent and humiliating consequences because of moral panic? It's like, well, well Tony. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, what's considered violent? Well, I'm guessing what it does, it senses if more than two people come in. I wait because they have a sensor. Yeah. And then if you're, like, moving around in there, I think it senses that and it just sprays water at you. I mean, this, this I wanna, podcast... I, I want to see this. I want to see what it looks like. This podcast episode could go down on a road that doesn't need to be gone down, but... but oh, I know, but I'm telling I mean, you... That's insane. My deal is this. It's like, if you have problems with people doing that, there's other ways to go about it. So, you know? if someone was... Someone was standing on the toilet... Yeah. But then the other person was standing on the floor, would it pick it up? No, I think it senses when you walk in. So the key would be getting the first person in yeah, yeah. without actually touching the floor too yeah, much. Yeah, I think so. It does seem like a bit of an overreaction. Oh, yeah, and it the, does. The, the money that they're going to have to grand. put in. 200 grand. Is yeah, that pounds see. or dollars? Uh, 200 grand in U.S. dollars. Okay, okay. Yeah. but still. 
And I'm, what I'm saying is there's other ways around it. Like, I remember back at um, First Ave, they don't have doors on the stalls. Right, yeah. Because they don't want people doing shit in the right, stalls. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's really a bad... I mean, Johnny had a bad situation there, of course. We talked about this before, but... Yeah. Um, again, that's a way to deter things from that, like that happening. Right, yeah. Um, I don't think spraying water at people and setting alarms off is the best way to go about it. So, does the water come from the toilet bowl? No, I think they've got jets on the okay. sides of the thing. Because that would be disgusting. That would be disgusting. Yes, yes. The water uh, might just encourage people. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Without getting there's into a certain subject of people I might encourage. There, there might be a kink there. That's, yeah. that's the people I'm worried about. Now the war- <laughs> the warning alarms. I don't see, and any, that wouldn't encourage anybody. But well, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a. If you're looking a, to add a little excitement, I mean, maybe water can't a, a hurt couple that's slightly exhibitionist that exactly the alarms might be a kink might be a kink. exactly right i think bottom line it won't end well if they it's, i it's doubt it will end, not well. end well yeah. for whatever reason i don't think it's gonna happen i just yeah. don't i think they they thought they could do it and there's so, so much backlash now that there's no way they can possibly right, yeah. do it you know but i had to bring it up because it's one of those stories that you just can't like you can't read a story like that and be like i can't talk not talk about this because this is just foolish right it's the world we live in, guys. So, maybe we should move on to another foolish story. Yes. Mm. I, uh, or f- the final thing, idea. The final thing I want to talk about, um, I actually watched a documentary on flat earthers. Mm. Which is shocking that there's even documentary at all. On uh, Netflix, there's a documentary. I did um, watch that documentary you did. months ago, I think. A couple months ago, so, at least. My thing with flat earthers, um, and we actually talked about flat earthers after the podcast, our last podcast, after we were off the air. We talked a little bit about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I want to bring it up. Because yeah. I, there's some foolish things that I think that don't really jive with science and stuff. Or logic. My, and logic. My biggest takeaway was, okay, they showed a guy on the on the um, documentary. He, he goes out like 50 feet and he has a level thing. Yeah. Or a camera, whatever it is. And he goes out and he's like, oh, look, I'm at the same level. The earth is flat. I'm going, well, the earth doesn't go round that yeah. quickly. It's... You know? The diameter of the Earth is massive. I it's don't like, have the number. It's like that. one point. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think it's like one point three miles. Yeah, it'll drop like a foot or something like that. And actually, yeah. without getting too, wrong without getting too technical, there there are reasons, and and this is probably what the kind of things they jump at. But there's yeah. reasons when you look off, even if you're. You have like you're looking over an ocean or somewhere yeah. where you'd have an incredibly flat space to look at. Yes, there's reasons that maybe you see you might see like a, a city landscape, like yeah. from a long, long distance. You mm-hmm. might say see a city skyline. Yes, whether you're talking about Chicago or Seattle or somewhere yeah. you might yeah. have that opportunity. But there are reasons that explain why you can see the city landscape mm-hmm. as far away as you can. Mm-hmm. And and they probably don't like hearing things because it essentially is an optical illusion, but you're talking about reflection and refraction yes. off the you know atmosphere, essentially. There's certain things. It's 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 the but, same kind of principle behind like a mirage yeah. when you see something like on a... Uh, 
on a, a you know a asphalt surface. Sure. Yeah, it's, or the it's desert. There's there's reasons to explain it, but I mean, yeah. if, for those people, have they ever been in an airplane at yeah. thirty five thousand feet? Because at that point, you can see the curvature. Yeah. And but, I don't know what, and then I guess their defense would be, well, that's an optical illusion or something like that. Well, they would I mean, use the same you, defense that I'm using. Yeah. Having but, lived in Colorado, you go up 13,000 feet, yeah. you can see the curvature of the earth. Yeah. It's not that difficult. The point was, yeah. the guy using this 50-foot thing as the reason, well, yeah. I'm like, this is just dumb. Oh, the, I've, and, and they did other experiments. They did to other things, too. Yes. And they didn't really work out that And well. the other thing that I found from this documentary was the explanation of flights going around the world. So you'd have to have every pilot in on this conspiracy. Right. Yes. And another thing, too, some guys believe that when you got to the end of the world, you teleported back to the other side. So we're, we're like Star Trek. So they don't, yeah. they don't believe yeah. in a round Earth, but they believe they in teleportation. They believe in teleportation, so, yes. Is, yes. If yes that, that segues nicely because yes. like if, if you want to believe in a flat Earth, that's one thing. But yeah. then in, if you want to have that belief, yeah. the problem with it is you need to believe in so many conspiracy theories you that do. it's unbelievable. So first of all, off, it goes without saying then you believe the Mars landing is a or Mars. Moon landing, moon landing is, is, a, is a hoax. hoax. Yep. Um, that's just one. Mars landing is a hoax. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've landed. Well, we've landed autonomous crafts yes, there. Yes, yes. But the moon landing would be a hoax. And then, like you like you mentioned, then that would have to involve all the airline pilots that fly anywhere to be yep. involved in the hoax. Uh, exactly every right. single one. They and every government. The pyramid. Every government. Yeah. The pyramid. And what would be the benefit of that? There's so no benefit. It's the conspiracy theory, you know, triangle that there's so many conspiracy theories that you would have to believe in to Again. even get you Again. to the point where flat earth is even I mean, a possibility it, it, I can conceive a conspiracy theory yeah. where the vast majority of governments yeah. would work together to do this so not, yeah. but what the hell would be the point there's no point of of that type of conspiracy. There's no point. Right. I mean, what, what do we gain from it? Exactly. I mean, I, I, the thing I understand is why are these people all pissed off? What do you guys gain from saying there's a flat earth? And, and so, do they believe then they must that the sun revolves around the earth? They believe. No, now there's another couple things too. They believe that some of the people believe there's a curtain. That goes up. Usually involves like an ice every twenty four hour or whatever. Yeah, well, hours. a curtain blocks the sun at. Oh, for clock. God's sake! I'm sick. serious, man. I'm dead serious. I should, I should point out that one third of millennials believe in flat Earth. <laughs> you're you're bullshitting. Oh wait, no, I, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, one third of millennials don't actually think the Earth. Is oh, okay, wait. Sorry, so sorry. they're what about the sixty six percent? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they do really exist. Percent, though sixty six percent believe that we're a flat Earth, or there's a Chance? Oh my God! That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, they believe the sun thing. That they believe there's a curtain in space that blocks the sun at certain points. <laughs> I'm not making this up, man. This is on the documentary. It's nuts. And I, I look at I mean, things. I look at things like this, David. And I, I look and I think, you went to school, okay? You're educated people. Yeah. At what point did you jump into this? Like weird place in your life where exactly. you believe shit like this. I mean, you know? that doesn't. Not, I, I don't even know how to respond. Safe to, that. to say, there's thousands, tens of thousands of people that believe. Oh, it's there not, is. There's like, huge groups. I, I don't. It's, they have meetings. It's mind-boggling. 
It, I, I mean, okay, flat earthers. If they yeah. wanted to believe that we are the center of the universe, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. fine I mean, fine. I mean that that at least explains thing explains the day. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Yeah. yeah. But to suggest there's a fucking curtain. Yeah. No yeah. way. No, no. Yeah. Well, how do you think it would work? Because if we're flat and the sun is not really going around right. us right. So you'd have to say that the so sun's going around the earth because it would work. To what end? end? To what end? I mean, I like, don't know. What? I mean, what? Is this, is this a mountain they really want to kill themselves on? Yes, it is. If you watch the documentary, there are people who will kill themselves on this. Well, let's let's just hope that th- these are just people trying to gain attention. Which exactly. In, in a world where it, it's headlines that grab attention, it's often you know extremist views that kind of grab the headlines. And yeah. So maybe this is just another. It's got to be. It's yeah, not it's, monet- it's not monetary. I mean, what do you make if you Earth is flat? You don't make any money on that deal. No. Do you? No, you don't. So. I mean, I don't understand why these people would be so involved in that shit. Right. It gets, I, it goes into the whole thing of, you know, you get the JFK conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And you get other conspiracy moon theorists. Landing, conspiracy moon landing theory. stuff. But this flat earth thing has taken a whole other level to that. I mean, they have gotten way more involved than some other people have. I, 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 you know what? I have never, ever in my life advocated for the rounding up of people <laughs> yes right here changes my mind I mean yeah. if you <laughs> I mean now you're starting to advocate for the rounding again <laughs> again if, if you want to argue the earth is flat mm-hmm. and the explanation of the days mm-hmm. is we're the center of the universe and the sun revolves around us allowing yeah. night and day yeah I'll accept yeah. your stupidity yeah. and just let you go. Yeah. But if you're going to suggest that there's a fucking curtain, yeah, that's right. You deserve to be rounded up. Yeah, I know. Well, it's amazing that, like, you know, I don't know where the obviously early man believed that the the Earth was the center of the universe and. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that was. But that was the t- Renaissance period. Is what no, changed that before yeah. that. I mean, I mean, the first idea that I think was two thousand years ago. Well, but I know, but wasn't Galileo? I mean, he was he was the guy that officially yeah. said, "No, no, 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 we're not the center of the universe." No, we're well, not. he was able Sun to prove is. that. Yeah, he's a prove it. I think you maybe as a flat earther could still make the argument that the Earth doesn't have to be the center of the universe for their theory to be corrupt. <laughs> we could still, as a flat... Uh, I, mean, I, mean, to, I might have to go to a meeting just As to a finite out. flat square. I mean, that's what they must envision. I mean, we're talking medieval times at the least. A finite, yeah, we ha- we're a finite flat sphere or circle or square, it doesn't matter, yeah. revolving around the sun. I think maybe they could still buy that, but if you're yeah. revolving around the sun, then how do you have day and night? That's the yeah, I mean, there's still got to be some type of rotation. Yeah. Again, I just want to bring it up because it's stupid. And and before we got on this podcast, I want to mention that David, you talking about stupid people rounding up stupid people? Yeah. Have you seen? You guys have seen the movie Idiocracy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I actually haven't. You haven't? No. Oh, it's, oh, it's very appropriate. It's on my list. You, you to see it. So and, so tell viewer or tell listeners about uh, what this movie is. It basically says that moving forward in future, um, stupid people have kids. And smart people don't because they're into their whole, like, careers and, and they wait too long or whatever. And it's funny because there's an article on CNN a couple weeks ago saying that uh, people who have careers and smart people right. are not having kids. Yeah, that's true. 
we're going into idiocracy region here. I mean, this is the start yeah. of idiocracy. Thankfully, Sarah and I have had kids, so we're slow slowing that process. Yes, but a lot of people, a lot of smart people are I not. Need, I need to have kids soon, I think. Dave, you're actually one of the ones. Yeah, you <laughs> may be a fault. problem. Yeah, it's you're one fault. of the problems. Kendall's engineer Dave over here. At least randomly procreate. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. find some girl and just, come on. All right, get yeah. I'll get on that. Make sure she's smart, though. I'll get on it. I mean, you're, you're good until you're at least 50, 60s, maybe. Well, shit, the Tony, was it Tony Curtis? I had kids at, like, in his 70s. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Yeah, point. he was, like, 74 or 75 when he had his last kid. Um, what I'm saying is, like, we talk about stupid people like flat earthers. Yeah. And then we go to this thing saying smart people aren't having kids. We are we're going down a rabbit hole here, you know? It's getting very crazy in this world. Yeah. You know? It's getting nuts. I mean, I've always known about Flat Earthers. I've never really looked into them. I, um, I had to watch the documentary because I yeah. had to... I, I mean, I laughed. It's worth, documentary, it's worth watching just for a good laugh. I, it, I laughed. It's like seeing idiots on TV say things sure. that don't make any sense. Yeah. It's like, how do you believe this shit? And the fact they're so involved... I mean, they're just crazily involved. Huh. So, you know. All right, boys. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I don't know. I, I don't think so. We're good. Going to Atlanta. Just, just looking forward to Go that. To the next Go time you hear our voices, it might be from Atlanta. Should well, be. Yeah, they should, should be from Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. So I want to say thanks again to Lupulin for letting us come out here and Ben for coming on the uh, the podcast. Yep. Um, we have. You want me to mention the stickers? We should. Yeah. We have yes, stickers. We, we have stickers now. I'll be able to purchase three dollars for a sticker. Bargain. So if you guys want a sticker when you listen to the podcast, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook and let us know. Yeah. I. You want one? Looking at getting a merchandise page. Okay. On our cool. website. That'd be great. That'd be great. But, uh, you know, until then, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. It's our first merch. Um, it's baby steps. We'll get more merch coming up, I think, in the next year. Yeah. Um, when the winter time, when we get in the off season, we can think about this stuff more and kind of right. be more involved in it instead of talking about soccer all the time. Right. We can we can talk about it. But um, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, uh, Gold Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items to, for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldandgoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. I want to say uh, we're on the BGN network. That's bgn.fm. And uh, Podcast Minnesota. Yes. Which is, uh, I always screw this up. M-I-N-N Podcast M-I-N-N Podcast M-I-N-N dot com um, You can find us on Spotify Spreaker iTunes iTunes Anywhere you guys get podcasts You can find us Hit up our Twitter account That's Lunacy P um, Hit us up Like us uh, Talk to us on there We're on there David yeah. is on there all the time Talking about stuff More than I um, should more, Well Sometimes yeah. But it's okay um, We're on Facebook of course You can find us on Facebook You get our fan page talks about all our events going on um so i guess for myself tony for dave and david we'll talk to you guys in atlanta all right see you man
it's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, five-hour energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. It's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, five-hour energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com.